Okay, you ready for another year of Queer Peasant Strange? Yes, we're ready, we're ready, we're ready. Oh, goodness, grapefruits. Oh. Well, that's it, we've had a rest, we've had a holiday, it's time to just pull the ripcord and we go. Pull the anal beads, we're like a ripcord and go for it. <laughs> Old music thing. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Is that you breathing? Shouldn't have, shouldn't have, shouldn't have pulled it that hard. Shouldn't have pulled that hard. Ooh. Yeah, it's, a, it's Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies talk about the media we have consumed in our week, or in this case, two weeks, because we took a week off. We had a holiday. We had some time off over the holidays, which we don't do very often. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't go anywhere this year. Or no, anything. we didn't have any reason for any time off. So we had some some time off in the house, and it was lovely. It was. We we, we have spent a whole year in the house together, and we spent a, a further what eight eight nine days, yeah, basically in the same room together. Yeah, yeah. we do. It's, we it's, very much enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Yeah, still into each other, still smooching, still butt touching. We, we are not one of that part of that statistic of all of the many couples who did pandemic and were like, oh no, oh no, I don't like this person as much as I thought. No, we still flirt in all sorts. Yeah, we do butt touchings and everything. Mm-hmm. I know, shock and horror. So let me unroll this massive scroll. <gasps> um, <laughs> what have you played? Watched? Well, played. What have we played? Ah, oh, we've played a lot this week. There's a lot. I'm scrolling up. There's a lot. <laughs> Keep going um, and going. I'm going to put this in the played section. It's a thing I did with my hands and interacted with. I spent most of my time off building some Gundam models. Yeah. I mean, some Gundam models. Yay. The last time I had a Gundam model, it took me a year to build it because because finding time to do things for me which which is why on the 24th of december i went to bed with absolute crippling paranoia oh no all i needed was time and the reassurance that it was okay for me to sit and build a model kit for several straight days mm-hmm. i did require a lot of reassuring it was okay for me to build a model okay. kit for several you straight build, days build a roebling friend i built two robots i built one and it was it was it was a shiny one and it the top the the head is it can transform into a into a ship, and there's two ships, and you can switch out which one you want to, depending on how much weapons you want. When the head is connected to the top of the robot, and the middle of the robot is all hollow, so that you can fit the nose of the ship, which like folds sort of forward and then backwards and comes out the back, and you can fold the front of the the ship in so that it's sort of in the in the cavity of the robot. As I built one, there had two different heads, and one of the heads has currently got a little stand on it, and it is a ship on my shelf, and the other, and the rest of it is a robot. There's little sky zoomies. There's little sky zoomies. And then uh, I also built my first perfect grade uh, Gundam, which was. It's a perfect grade. It's <laughs> it's really big, and it's got LEDs in it, and it, its eyes light up when you turn the switch on the back. And it's got a place to hang a gun on its side and one on its back, and you can put the sword handles up on its sort of wing things. And yeah, and it's got individually posable fingers with finger joints. It's large. His legs can bend into U shapes. It's got so much articulation. It can. It can do that little flirty kick. The little sort of flirty <laughs> kick skip behind yourself. Yeah. 
It's up in the bum. Ah, uh, I spent like the better part of like six days worth of the holiday just building Gundams. Spent about three days on each. Had a mm. great time. Mm. It's my first time doing a Gundam kit that had an LED kit built into it. Yeah. Um, I love Gundam model building. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I just, I really enjoy. Here is just a box of bits and a big set of instructions to follow. And it's that little step more complicated than, say, Lego or something, where you're having to check orientation of pieces and, like, make sure that things connect together right and, like, there's ball joints and things involved. But not as far necessarily as having to paint them. Yes, exactly. Like, they come out looking pretty good unpainted, which is Mm -hmm. about right from my level of coordination. You just snap them out of the plastic and clip them together. And Also, we've got a proper tool for clipping things out of plastic now. Yeah, we do. We have a proper unclip the Gundam piece from the sheet of plastic tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love doing Gundam model kits as a thing to just completely zone out. Like, it is... it is. There's that bit of my brain, the lovely neurodiverse autism-y bit of my brain that just wants to go, hey, let's just turn off the world and hyperfixate on a task, and every time I look up at the clock, I go, I thought that was half an hour, it's been four hours, where did the time go? <laughs> and that's how I spent my time off. It was great. Mm-hmm. I spent, like, six days just hyperfixating, and at the end, I was like, I made this a robot! Yeah. I made a robot. I keep picking it up and going, like, robot. <laughs> yeah. That was that was my time. What, what have you been playing? That wasn't all of your time. There was other time. I know, but that's the big, that was a big one. Um. Oh, we 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 played some board games together. We did. What board games did we play together? Oh, so many board games. Uh, we played Flatline. Yes, we did. This is uh, another one from Rene- Renegade Games. The worst kept UDP gift possible. <laughs> um, Want to tell this story? Yeah, I ordered it online, and I ordered it specifically with like gift. Like it's a gift. It must not be obvious what it is. It's a gift. Um, and it turned up at the front door just. With a they stick- slapped a packing label on the shrink wrap. Yes. So Jane answered the door and was like, oh, it's very clear what this is. I have no idea what this is or who it's for. It could be for anyone. Yeah, so that was that was a not very well kept secret. <laughs> but do you want to tell us about Flatline? Uh, yeah, so it's a dice rolling cooperative game where basically you are doctors. You have limited uh, sort of uh, time. To try and save all of your patients. Yeah. And depending on how many players there are, you can add sort of more total patients to solve. Each round is a sort of a a planning, uh, drawing new threats to to come out. So there will be things that will be potentially very bad and you will roll roll for that. And you can mitigate those by just sort of trying to solve solve them during the the healing phase. Or you can just go, I'm just going to work on healing patients, fuck everything you've, else. You've basically got, um, you've got certain types of cards. You've got very, 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 very bad things that if you fail too many of them, you just completely lose the game. Mm-hmm. If you successfully fix them, they then become buffs that you can have a certain number of um, to use as and when you, you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the optional challenges that... Um, will just sort of hinder your ability to play things. They won't actively harm you, like, bring you closer to loss and you by will themselves. Mount them up. Yeah, they mount up and they get worse and worse, and it's basically you roll some dice and you have to hope that the worst ones won't come up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, but the the I I was skeptical at first of playing it with the included timer. I was like, oh, that seems like it's going to be too stressful. Yeah. That's the whole it's point of the game, game. and and there isn't and the, it runs off the normal Renegade app, which is great because you don't yeah. have to download something separate from Clank. Exactly, and after having played it, I think the the one minute time limit works in this game's favor because yeah. Because I think if you had too yeah. much time, it would be kind of pedestrian. Yeah, the game would be way too easy because all you're basically doing is rolling dice and going, where do I want to put these? And how I pattern um, match these things. Yeah, like, uh, what's the best way to use them? What things can I mitigate? What things can I work towards? By limiting the players to a minute, it gives it this really good frantic feel of, oh my god, what have I got? Uh, what should I focus on? Remembering to ask the other person what they've got. There's a lot of shouting back and forth yeah. on the table. Because some of the, some things can only be fixed by multiple people. So it's like, yes, I have this. Do you have Do you have any of these? Because we can fix this together. Otherwise, yeah. I will move on to something else. Yes, and it's it's trying to not spend too long working out, do we have the thing for this? Like, you start... You've got the planning phase before you go in. So it's like, ah, oh, that really bad thing can be four of anything will fix that so mm-hmm. right at the end if we've got like five seconds left just throw some things on there doesn't matter we we'll use whatever's left when you, do i re-roll things yeah um you 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 can do re-rolls uh limited numbers of times yep. um there's a lot of ability to change and impact your dice and to work with someone else's pool of dice mm-hmm. to progress and things and there's, there's usually enough going on on the yeah. board full stop that you can Find something to do. Yeah, it's not like say a Yahtzee where like the only thing that will progress me in the game is if I get this one piece I'm mi- this one set of dice that I'm missing and I'm not getting it. I've already it's... rolled six fives and I've already clamped that in, so I really can't do anything else with these remaining. Fives. Yeah, for most of the game up until like the very final patient, every time you are getting rid of some something off the board, something new is probably coming back mm-hmm. on to give you new things to do. Um, and because you've got you and the the other player have so many dice to work with, it it's the right level of dice dice so. dice use game. I think I'm interested in how the single player for that works because I looked at the details and single player seems to have the same time time limit and the same number of patients as two player. Huh. So it feels like that would be like a much higher difficulty. I it feel would... like you would need twice the time to deal with your twice as many dice you presumably same, have. No. No. Same amount no. of dice. You mm. get one player's worth of dice. You get the full pull. Uh, if you're playing two player, you get the full pull. If you're playing single player, you get the full pull. If you're playing three or four, you have to just re- completely remove one from the game. Yeah. And one other one just sort of just sits, and you can pick it up later, as you get um, uh, like additional like plus one dice. Yeah. Actions. It's it's a real interesting little game. It really is. Very it's. Fun. It captures it captures the chaos that a game about trying to save patients probably should have. Yes, yeah, it's it's got a real sort of like we've we gotta do this. That everything's going wrong and the stakes are high, but we're gonna do this. Check the check the charts. What's their thermometer? <laughs> what's what's their temperature like? Someone get yeah. a stethoscope. Uh, not too lengthy a game either. No, I think we knocked that out in about forty minutes. Yeah, it's, and that it's... include learning the game. Yeah, it's it's not got too high of a learning curve either. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a good game. Yeah, had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, what other board games did we play? Uh, we played Forbidden Sky, the the third in the trilogy of forbidden games by Matt Leacock. Yes, another one of these, uh, very similar to the mechanics of Forbidden Desert, but just tweaked enough to feel fresh. Yep. 
Um, you're trying to build platforms in the sky and connect uh, a circuit up together to make a, 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 a spaceship fly. A literal circuit. Yes, yes. You're basically having to put down uh, squares to sort of create the map as you go on yep. like something like Forbidden Desert where the, the tiles are already down. Yeah. Um, you're deciding which tiles to put in which places with which orientation with the only stipulation being that um, some part of the circuit has to connect up when you place a new tile. And you have to be able to move to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have... Uh, instead of having the the desert sort of shift around in the way that the desert did, um, the wind will blow you in certain directions. If it blows you off the board, uh, that will cause issues for you. You'll lose some rope. Yep. Um, if you get electrocuted, either yeah. because you're on a circuit where a um, uh, lightning rod will, will connect to mm. you or connect to the circuit, then you will be electrocuted unless you're standing in a Faraday cage. Yeah, you have to either not be stood near the circuit or stand in a Faraday cage, which are certain things. You've got to find the parts to build your rocket platform, and then your circuit has to contain, like, this many small... Um, um, platforms, this many large conductors, this many of the lightning rods, um, and you've got to set them all out, manage to connect them up with the connectors you've got, which are set sizes, yep. um, and create your circuit. Yep. And then you've got to get to the rocket and put the last circuit down, and then the rocket lights up and goes... Pring-yum! It's it's a very satisfyingly tactile game. Yes. I... I look... I love Forbidden Desert with its whole, I made a little ship and I put the propeller in and the little yeah. dial in the back. And that's got a mentor award. Yeah. Uh, like, this, this you're not putting the, th- the the ship together, but it's equally as tactile in the whole, like, I I'm, I made the circuit and it worked and the thing did a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I like a good game where the things you are collecting and putting down feel like they're advancing some prop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's a fun little puzzle because you've really got to think like there there, there was a whole section towards the end like uh, we're gonna have to build in a very specific way because otherwise we cannot build a loop back around to the ship. Yes. So we ended up adding in a bunch of extra lightning rods just to make the connection, which made everything more dangerous because now lightning is dropping in more places. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing that we didn't really think about is that you've got to make a looped circuit. Yes. Um. And we sort of started like, yeah, we'll just head off in this direction. Oh, that that's a way that we can make like large um, capacitors. I think they're capacitors. Not yeah. Um, you can make large capacitors over here and that'll, that'll work out for us. And it's like, yeah, we have made large capacitors, but we've run out of any more to put on the board, which means in order to make what we have to make for this game... We have to be really careful about how yeah. we place everything else. And you've only got like you've got small and large connectors, but you've only got so many of each type, and you're having to work out like if I place this capacitor on this square, do I have a connector that will reach there? Yep. It's it's a it's a fun little, it's a fun little special puzzle. awareness yeah, puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I look forward to playing it again sometime. Yep. It's got that same... It's got about the right difficulty curve compared to, say, Forbidden Desert. I think of the Forbidden games that I play, that is only Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Skies. I think I prefer Skies. I think I do too. I'm, like, I am, I'm glad yeah. of, of the three that I own Skies. 
Yeah. Like, I wouldn't mind playing Island, but I have heard that Desert fixed a lot of the problems with Island. Yeah. And that Sky is about the same level as, yeah. as Desert, so it's just a case of which one do you want? Indeed. Well, I will definitely... I can definitely see us coming back to this. Yay! Uh, what else have we played in the board games? We played a lot of board games, we, didn't we? We played a lot of board games. We played some... Um... Ooh, just board games. We played Bill and Ted. <laughs> uh, Riff in Time. Yeah, this came out of your uh, your random box of new things. My, my new release box by Zatu. Uh, there will be a video up of that probably before this. So go check that out on my YouTube channel. Yeah, so this is... As soon as I got a good look at the, the art on the boxes and the manuals, I was like, this was a miniatures game at some point, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And I suspect it was kickstarted. Because there is an expansion where you can get miniatures of all the uh, people of historical significance. Yes, all the art is clearly photos of painted miniatures. Yes, they're well painted, don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah. But also, hmm, I see what you did there. Uh, so basically, there is a, a rift in time, Sandemus's gonna be sucked in it's getting worse and bigger and you have to go around uh, oh and uh, all of the people of historical significance have been shifted around through time it's exactly what you'd imagine a bill and ted board game to be everyone's in the wrong place in the wrong time go sort them out yeah it's 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 kind of uh complicated to sort of like get started and if you draw badly out of the the rift deck you can have a really bad time very quickly. Yeah, there's that instruction manual is not great at it's not being right. clear. We we had to stop and it start help again. That it keeps using like it it's too busy trying to be in its gimmick rather than yes. being an understandable manual. Yes, it's it's too much like oh there's a difference between riff and rift. And no. that's going to be an important gameplay distinction to Especially make. Especially when your game name is a pun on Riff and Rift. Yes, exactly. Mm. It's um the the difficulty balance seems a little um not quite right. Um yeah, I mean it, it really seems very random about what comes out of the the Rift deck because there could be things that like do multiple bad things over and over and over again. And uh, are escalating all sorts of areas. In two-player, it can be fairly difficult to juggle that. Yeah. And there's... The thing that really um, coloured my impression of the first game we played was... We drew a lot of cards early on in the game that are like, all players get teleported to this location. Yeah. And um, it was like, I have no agency here. I can't yes. do anything. And from what I could tell from that second game, those aren't super common in the deck. No. But... We just had a real bad string of luck on our first game, and we're just getting ping-ponged around the board and yeah. couldn't... like. It's like, okay, I have this person, I just have to get them three spaces away. Oops, I've been ping-ponged to the other side of the oh, map. And, and you've had to eject your person in Sandemus as well, yes. so you've got to go and somewhere else and get I, them back. I'm not opposed to that kind of card if the game gives you a resource you can save and hold on to to counter it. Yeah. Like, if there's, like, mitigate like um, Unstable Unicorn's Nope card... Where you can just be like, I'm going to save this and I'm going to use it to, like, no, I don't want to get teleported across the map. Or even, like, a special limited ability where you have to roll, like, extra bogus dice to, to nope something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, basically, there is a degree of dice rolling. So, you've got the randomness of the deck. You've got the randomness of the dice rolling. Um, 
your basic dice will have, I think it's two bogus, two action, or two movement. Yeah. So, and you have to roll four dice. So, mm. generally speaking, you have like a one in three chance of getting just something bad for you that yeah. will either make the rift where you are standing worse, or the rift in San Dimas worse, if it's mm. already at ten. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot that can go very, very badly wrong with that. Yeah. And but... then you've got the, the fact that you might not roll any movement. And have tons of actions. Yeah. And it's like, well, I can, can't do a lot with this. Like, here's the thing. I like the game in its middle third. Yeah. Once the once you've got moving, you've got like a personal quest that you can do that will reward you with a permanent upgrade that will mm-hmm. be something like every turn you get a movement for free or every turn you yeah. get an action for free. And once you get that unlocked and you have your like once a turn bonuses, that really mm-hmm. helps. Um, And once you get sort of into that mid game where it's like, okay... I've picked up some of the people from their wrong places in time. Those people, while they're travelling with me, grant me bonuses, which means I have better dice, or maybe I get a re-roll of just one dice from my pool. Mm -hmm. That's giving me greater control over the results I'm getting, which is letting me actually spec towards what I'm doing. That middle portion of the game where it's like, I am getting the people to the places and everything is working, was really satisfying. Yeah, so we've talked about the chaos of the beginning game, the nice settled moment of the mid-game, and then there's just the blandness of the end game, Um, where it just feels really pedestrian. The last ten minutes or so, you are overpowered, and you're just sort of ticking things off a list. Pretty much. It's The problem with it is that by... By the time you reach the end of the game, sort of by necessity of the fact that you will have closed several rifts as you go, and each time you close a rift, you that player gets like a, a, a better dice to put in their pool of dice, you reach a point where it's like, I'm not getting many bad results, and I'm... I'm I'm just sort of pottering around closing the rifts now. Yeah, you do get one free reroll per turn anyway. Yeah. There's a chance that your one of your special abilities that you've unlocked might be a reroll for one for a single die. So by that point in the game, there is so much you can mitigate. Yes. Like the basically some of the the people as you have them in the booth with you yeah. will uh, give you a blue die, which is sort of a mid tier die. Yeah. Um, and that will help you sort of shuffle them around a little bit, and and it's worth even just hanging on to some of them. Yeah. Just like yeah, okay, now I've got two blue die and two yellow die. Generally, things are going pretty yeah. well. And I I like that mechanically that some of the nicer historical figures, it is to your benefit to have them with you. They they help you on your journey. But Genghis Khan will give you two bogus dice that you have to roll. Exactly. Genghis Khan is a bit more of a tricky customer to move through space and time. Yeah. I thought mechanically that nothing... yeah, I mean, it, it fit fun. the narrative nicely. Yeah, it fit the narrative nicely. It just goes from ah to oh, this is fun. To yeah. uh. it's it's it is just a case of like you've reached the last ten minutes where both play like both of us were playing with a full set of pink dice, which were the best dice you can be using, and as such, very few of us were getting boguses at any point. Yeah. We're just like, okay, well, we'll just. And when we did, it was like, oh them. well, I'm already somewhere that's fixed, so that doesn't get any worse. Yeah, yeah, it. <sighs> There's a really good game in the middle of this. 
Yes. And I'm curious whether it would feel different with a larger player group, if that would change... It would certainly stop it, stop both uh, or, or two players having a full set of... Yes, pink and I don't know if that would be enough to, to help, maybe. Mm. I'd be curious to play it with a larger group of people, but... Yeah. Yeah, the end game was just... There was a point where we were we were just sort of yeah. d- doing the motions at the end a Pretty little bit. Pretty much, yeah. I had a good time, but... Yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun to sort of think about the things. Like, I like the idea of... Um, so you shuffle all the locations, and then they go on the board um, just based on where what, what the numbers are on the board. Mm. So they're in random places. The Depending on which point they are on the board uh, to go into the red zone, uh, they... Uh, g- you know, it's a different number. Some yeah. of them it's six, some of them it's like eight or so. Yeah. And if they tick up to ten, they can't go any higher, but that will just tick uh, Sandemus up instead. At the end of a round, Sandemus ticks up. It almost felt like what we needed was less ways later on to fix Sandemus. Yeah, we were we were too good at lowering Sandemus toward the end, and that sort it of nullified some trivial. of Yes. It it helped that both of us got special abilities that lowered it, and I had one that was lowering it by multiple by myself. Yes. But, yeah, it feels like this wasn't playtested well. Like, they got yeah. the, the the brand and just went, yeah, just fucking go for and it. And I mean, they came up with some mechanics that fit the brand. They just yeah. it, it feels like it could have used some more time tweaking the rule set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did play one other board game. Yes, we played Too Many Bones. Too Many Bones. The most... Brutally decadent board game it's, I've ever. It is. Uh, there. It's. It's. There's so much game happening. There is a lot of game happening. Yeah. So this it's is, made by the people that make Cloudspire. This is another dice dice doing game. Yep. So it's a dice rolling game, but with poker chips. Yeah. It's one where you are building up a character and like unlocking moves for them, like it's an RPG. Mm-hmm. To go on a little dungeon crawling quest and. Usually you get some choices about how to deal with whatever scenario gets drawn out the deck. Are you going to do a fight or are you going to try and do a sneaky, sneaky game of chance, roll a dice? Yeah. And and maybe you'll still have to do a fight if that goes badly. Yeah, you get better rewards if you do the riskier thing. But if you if you get killed, you don't like the quest isn't over. You just don't get the rewards for that uh, particular bit of Dang. the adventure, which is going to make the final boss much harder. Yeah, because you won't have got any experience from it. You won't have any training points, and uh, that that really makes yeah. a difference. You've you've got to really balance uh, how often you go for the big reward to try and get those last couple of abilities on your character before you do the big fight at the end. Yeah. Um, and the battle system is you've got this sort of like grid mat uh, that you, you move your little stack of poker chips around and uh, you put little dice on top of the stack to signify uh, various status effects. You just do dungeon crawling combat stuff. Yeah, it's got a lot of dice in it and generally the dice are... Just for like stat effects, or they're just counters. They're often specific to the character. Yeah, like every yeah. every character has their own pool of fifteen dice. Yeah, fifteen. Uh, what twenty or so? Something dice like that. Twenty or so dice. Um, and that will be for your different abilities. Then you have consumable dice. Yeah. Um, then you've also got like your stat dice, which are just numbers yeah. that you tick up. You've- You've got like four stats uh, for your base character, and all of the characters have different abilities, but every character has like an attack and defense number, which are how many of the attack dice and defense dice you can roll at at a time. 
You've got um, dexterity, dexterity, which is, is how many dice you can roll per Total, turn. yeah. So if you've got a dexterity of three, uh, an attack of two and a defense of one, you can roll three dice from that pool of two attack and two defense. Or if you've got, say, two, two attack, two defense, you could... You know, decide which one you're going to roll two and which one you're going to roll one. Yeah, exactly. But that um, also includes your special dice. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to throw in there? And then you've got your HP, which is its own stat. Um, your and your character sheet is a mouse map. Your character sheet is a mouse map with holes cut into it to put the... When you purchase a dice to, like, unlock it for your character, you put them in the holes in the mouse map. Yeah. It's uh, all neoprene, like, and it's beautifully, like, uh, sewn at yeah. the edges. You can, you can save dice for later. You've got, like, little sections to locked save certain... Slots. Like, locked slots. Um, the characters have a lot of depth to them. It's a bit overwhelming at first. Yes. Um, there is definitely a learning curve of, you've handed me a double-sided sheet of tiny text... Uh, that has a billion different attacks and symbols of here's what this dice has on every side of it and here's yep. your move sets and but luckily the backside does include like a okay here is your character here's what they're good at here's how we recommend as a starting yeah. build it's once I got over the initial overwhelming of oh my god there's so many mechanics going on um yes. that sheet did do a really good job of going like look for this character as a beginner. These are the abilities you probably want to level up and the sort of order you want to level them up in. Mm -hmm. And these are the abilities you want to pick up and the sort of order you want to pick them up and how they synergize with each mm -hmm. other. It's a good cheat sheet for, like, here's the basis of how this character works. Yep. Um, I was playing... What, what was my character uh, called? You were playing as Pickett, the Pickett. blue one, naturally. Yeah, Pickett, Pickett's whole deal is... Um, he's really good at building up defence um, and building lots of, like, defence numbers... And then spending this resource called Bones, which is your, I fucked up th this role, it didn't get the thing I wanted, but I can save those Bones and spend them later. That's your backup Yeah, plan. you can spend your Bones to basically ditch all of your defence for one all-out very big attack. Mm -hmm. um, so it's great like, against bosses. Yeah, against bosses, it's like, oh, that thing has eight health, I will stack up eight defence and then charge it. Mm -hmm. Um... He also has a couple of dice that if you can roll them successfully and lock them into your lot slots, they give you permanent uh, or ongoing upgrades, like mm -hmm. uh, permanently one free attack point every turn and heal one uh, HP at the start of every one of your rounds. Mm -hmm. um, and those are so super good. Mm -hmm. If you can luck out and get those locked in your slots early on in the game, Pickett's a really good character. Lock your slot. Yeah, and then Pickett can do some things like um, Red Shirt, where they can sort of jump in and take an attack for someone else. Which is great if you're playing with someone like Patches, who is basically a squishy healer. Yep, uh, you've got Repost, where if you've got enough of these Repost dice uh, set aside, you can sort of counter an attack and do some damage back. And okay. yeah, there was a lot of complexity to that character. Yeah, yeah and, and well, I mean, there's a lot of complexity to everything, but once you get over the initial, like, oh god, there's so much to learn. It's like... If you can get someone else to set the game up for you and generally sort of point you on the first few bits, yeah, it very rapidly just becomes like I have my reference sheet, yeah. For, so I know what all my skills do at a glance, yeah. I have my advice on the back as well as like any errata that I might need, yeah. And then you've got like this two-sided sheet that just sits next to the board and is here's what all of the enemies' abilities mean, yeah. And on the backside, it's like, here are certain things you might find throughout your adventure, and here's how you deal with that. Like, how to pick uh, how to pick locks. 
um, for yeah. trove loot, which is a particular type of loot. There is a dice rolling mechanic for, okay, I've got to roll this to unlock this part of the lock. Okay, now I've got, I, I can feel that biting on one. I can feel <laughs> that biting on one. Yeah, okay, now that's good. And there we go, we twisted it open. I... I felt much better about the game once I'd made it a couple of rounds into that initial combat, like that mm. tutorial fight. Yes. By the time I'd had like my second turn in combat, I was like, oh, yeah. I sort of understand what's happening here, and I picked yeah. the rest up as I went. But yeah, like it, the, it's it is really simple once you get over that initial hurdle. Yes, it's the first time you pick up a character sheet having never played this game. I. I didn't know whether I wanted to scream or cry. Both of them were like, this is a... <laughs> I think I played two solo games of this before Like I I, I tried to show you any of it. Yeah. And because you were busy in a way with Gundam stuff. So it was yeah. just like, yeah, I can sit here and really try and dig in with this. And it was like, can we pause what we're watching on TV? I need to watch an hour long video about how to play this because I've been staring at this manual for like two hours now and I still don't get it. Yeah. And even then there was still bits I was missing. It, it, it doesn't help that there are sometimes like, okay, this is what I need to learn. Cool. Uh, so I'll look at the, the, the index at the back of the manual the manual says that this thing is referred to on this page, this page, and this page. Look it up. There is no explanation for that thing. It wasn't in the manual. It was on the cheat sheet on the table. <laughs> and I find I have found generally, like, if there is a really big question I have generally while playing the game, start on, on the cheat sheet because it's yeah. pretty much there. And if, <sighs> if you can explain 90% of the rules of the game looking at a double side of A4... On, that's just available on the table at all times. Yeah. She's not doing too badly. And yeah. a large chunk of that is, here is the turn order for a fight. Here is the turn order for what to do, like, in a rest. Yeah. You rest, you recover health, or you can spend some loot to go and look for some better loot. Um, so you can just go, oh yeah, I've used this thing twice. It's about to go, oh, oh I'll just go and look for some better loot and trade that in for the other yeah. loot. Which can be really handy. You can yeah. make lockpicking attempts. Ah, oh, I got a really good bit of equipment at one you point. You really did. Um, it would uh, on all of my defense dice, it would turn bones into ones and ones into twos. Mm -hmm. So just all of my defense dice were knocked up by one, which for this character was like, oh, that's amazing. That's very nice. Yeah, I could guarantee a minimum amount of defense I would roll, which was perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, too many bones. Wonderfully complex, uh, obscene. Deep... We, we have game. so much, uh, so much play to get out of this game. We are yes. going to be playing this for months and months. And it's helped me realise yeah. that actually, I think I enjoy dungeon crawlers more than I thought I did. Yeah, I still don't think I want to play Gloomhaven, but I like, like dungeon crawlers as a co-op experience. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a lot more fun. Um, because I played, I played the first quest on my own. Did all right with that. We played through it together. We did really well. Yeah. I played through the second quest on my own and it was completely impossible. Yeah. Because the boss has this whole thing where half the time you can't hit it. Yeah. Um, and if you get it to three or less health on its turn, it will just leave the battle and come back in. So it will lose any status effects on it. Yeah. And it will... Um, it, it will have full health and potentially not be attackable for a while. You needed me with my big charge at it with a shield. Yes. To help. But the, it didn't help that, like, I would just be really carefully like, I'm just going to do a little bit of damage for you. Okay, and then I'll try and work out for a really big hit next time. And then... So there's this thing, if if a 
battle gets over uh, or up to six rounds. Yes. At the start of the round, everyone takes one damage. Yes. Which, if you're really carefully trying to chip off an enemy's uh, health, yeah. and they have this whole thing of, well, actually, I don't, I don't take any damage this turn from from combat. It's like, oh, well, you've been knocked off by the round counter, so you've lost one. So it comes around to your turn, so you respawn, and now I have to start again, which with my character just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It definitely seems like you need a, a, an adventuring party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it says solo, and it does have like specific encounters just for solo, like a whole different encounter deck that you play with. But at the same time, like, mm, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot in solo. Yeah. We played some video games. We played a lot of video games. Um, I finally finished Mass Effect Andromeda on my third Yay. time trying to play it. Um, I don't remember getting very far the first time, the second time. Uh, apparently, I made it like real near the end. <laughs> I would estimate I made it eighty-five to ninety percent of the way through that game uh, on the mo- the previous attempt, and just I don't know what happened. I just fell off playing it. Um. And this time I've done it. I've completed it. I have done all of the quests with the exception of the DLC quest that never got released that gets talked about in the game. Like, oh, hey, you should go save that ship when they're ready. And that quest never got added. Um, I really enjoy Mass Effect Andromeda mechanically, but it's weird to play it to completion so many years after it's been... It was clearly meant to be the first game in a series and it never got its sequels, and that leads to some very weird knowledge mm. while playing it. Um, it's I have some like overall thematic complaints about it, stuff like unlike something like say Star Trek Voyager. Um, this sends you halfway across the universe in order to see exactly the same species that you've been seeing back in the original Mass Effect. It's not particularly interesting. Um, they're having the same problems that they were having back home. Uh, the game seems a little too obsessed with going like, oh, oh, see how this ties into the old ones. It's like, no, we've gone across space. Let's do something new. Yeah, but we want to talk about Commander Shepard. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, but what I did really like was I really liked the open world structure of a lot of the planets. I liked dropping down to a big planet that is completely inhospitable and that you can barely leave your uh, your your sort of moon rover and go... Let's go do some quests. And the more quests I do, the more you sort of fix up the planet and uh, make it more survivable. And eventually you build your little base on it. And then after you've built a base on it, new quests pop up and getting 100% viability on all the planets by doing every single little quest that was on them on the map. Breathable. It, it, it was really nice to play it as a game to just be a real completionist about. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I spent entire days where it's like, all I did today was side quests, trying to do the side quests before I go to the new planets, and... Did you ever get that UV lamp for those burners? I did find the UV Yay! lamp so that they could grow there. Definitely not drugs. Definitely not drugs. Definitely not drugs. <laughs> Definitely not space drugs. Um, it's our special mushrooms. That's mm-hmm. all. Our special space mushrooms. Mm-hmm. That, that, that are medicinal, you know. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's very odd finishing it because like a lot of, a lot of the big moments in Andromeda are make this really difficult choice that clearly some people are pissed off about and like, this is going to have an impact in the second or third game of the series. Um, there's a lot of, you defeated the villain, but like, we're going to ominously show you his second in command to be like, oh, it's not over yet. He's, he's going to come for you in the next one. Um, 
there's a lot of like very clear cliffhanger plot threads mm. that because this game flopped and never got its planned sequels just kind of go nowhere. Yeah. Um and that kind of for all the complaints that I've seen people have about the original Mass Effect trilogy like not feeling like their choices mattered, your choices mattered to the degree that a choice you made in the first game will mean that certain characters won't ally with you in the next one and you're going to work hard with them. Might even be there in the Yeah, might, might be dead by the second one. Like, there was no feeling of any kind of consequence. It felt like a single... Uh, like a... It didn't feel... It didn't feel branching. No. Which is weird for a Mass Effect. It set up a lot of branches and then just sort of cut them off dead. But like... <sighs> I liked a lot of the new party members. I enjoyed a lot of the quest lines. Um, the some of the moral choice stuff was interesting in a vacuum, even though it didn't pan out too much. Um, and I'm glad I finished it and played it. I had a f- it's a mechanically fun RPG shooter. Mm. Um, I had my little se- my my little move set set up where I'd go into every battle. Uh, drain a bunch of shield off an enemy, blast them with a big sort of psychic blast, and then summon in a little robot that would then help me fight. Beep boop. I uh, leveled up my character and maxed out a bunch of their stats, and Mm. I want more Mass Effect games. More Mass Effect games. It's a real shame that this one was as poorly received as it was. And, like, I get it. I received it really poorly when I started playing it back in the day. I... Mm. I enjoy it more now coming back to it with a better idea of what to expect, but with the benefit of hindsight and knowing what to expect going in, I'm really disappointed this didn't get to have its sequels. Because there was a very promising game here and I liked... I like a lot of the direction of how it did its its planet stuff. I mean, from an outside perspective of someone who's played most of Mass Effect 1, it looked like a Mass Effect game. Yeah. You you got about as far into Mass Effect One as I did into Andromeda <laughs> the last time I played it. Yeah, and like, then, and weirdly I didn't even notice. It's yeah, like, oh, apparently I again, stopped playing that at some point. Yeah, exactly the same thing I did with Andromeda. Didn't realize I'd stopped playing it. I just stopped caring. Just stopped caring right before the end. Yeah, which is weird because Andromeda has a really good action set piece ending. I really enjoyed how Andromeda ended. I, I must say, like the whole big bad situation looked way more interesting in that one. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job with their big bad. Yeah. Oh. Fascinatory. Yeah. What about you? What have you played, video gamey wise? I played Doom 64. Hell yeah, you did. Yeah. Tell me about Doom 64. I owned it very briefly on the N64 years and years ago, and I, just, I remember at the time going, this is Doom, the graphics aren't the same. <laughs> and then for years and years afterwards going, I really kind of like that graphical style. I, I don't know why I didn't didn't give it more of a chance. I, I, I really did rather enjoy it. And maybe it was the N64 controller. <laughs> maybe. But I definitely had more fun playing it with a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's Doom, but with slightly shinier graphics. Well, <laughs> technically it runs in 4K, which is is weird for a Doom game. But like they've they've done stuff to it to like upscale textures and things. Yeah. Um, I I believe like a, from talking about just the original that they had like reshot some of the. Um, the the uh, graphics to be slightly higher res, so they they yeah. might they'd be very similar models to the original Doom game. Um, like the Cyber Demon feels almost identical in many ways. Yeah, like feels a bit trimmer. Doesn't mm. feel as 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 broad and bulky. Um, but like 
the explosion in that is like, I recognise that. <laughs> I know those little feety bits that are left behind. <laughs> um, the arachnotrons in that I really like. It was a shame not to see the spider mastermind, mm. but that was never my favourite boss anyway. I always liked the much cuter baby arachnotrons. <laughs> <laughs> I shoot you with my plasma gun. <laughs> um, the the weird uh, like big laser gun in that. Yeah. Every time you pick one up, it just goes, "What the blank is this?" <laughs> it's like, mm, okay, I don't know. It seems powerful-ish. Uh, I got all the way to the end of that game and then found out there's a bunch of secret levels that will power that gun up so that it's better, uh -huh. which makes the last boss not completely <laughs> impossible because like. If you uh, complete all of the secret levels, yeah, unlock the um the these uh, glyphs or whatever they are, yeah, and power up this gun fully, the the last boss doesn't do some of its attacks. Ah, so it's actually considerably easier to fight. As well as that, you can just like shut off this whole area that just spawns enemies. Yeah, so you avoid a lot of that fight as well. This is like fighting the uh, the end the end boss of Majora's Mask with the fierce deity mask. I guess so. Yeah. You just skip over a bunch of stuff. Yeah, just skip over a bunch of stuff. It seems almost trivial by the end of it. <laughs> um, yeah, like I think that was that was a big part of it. Like getting all the way through it and going, I did the Doom game and I did that Doom game that I'd wanted for ages and it was only like two pounds on Steam, <laughs> so I felt justified buying it for once. Um. Yeah, it did feel a bit crummy to get to the end of the game and go, you're going to have a really difficult time because it's just going to fire homing missiles at you constantly. Oops. Um, yeah, so I may have just looked up the password to unlock all the things and then went round and like used guides to look up the secret areas because uh, I was curious. So yeah. I played some of the secret levels. I played some of the, uh, the, the fun maps. Yeah. Uh. Um, because I got to like, because I was I was basically saving at the beginning of every level, and just so I had didn't have to lose all my weapons if I don't. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, just going from oh you're on oh, I think it was level twenty one to oh you're on level twenty eight. I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> what what just what just happened? I think I think I think I was playing a game. Can I can I have some of my game back? You appeared to have stolen some of my game. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then it's just like that. Oh, this this is the end, is it? This is the the end. Okay, I'll play the play the end, fight the boss. Um, so yeah, I got to see pretty much all all of that game that I'm interested in right now. Yeah. I had two solid get days of play Doom sixty four. It's nice. yeah, it's a nice version of Doom, and it it looks very nice on PC. Cool. And what about you? Uh I have been playing more Yakuza Like a Dragon. How's that going? That's going great. I'm having a wonderful time. That that game's that game's pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, I did I did all of the friendship quests with all of my party members by just filling them full of bonsai trees until they they loved me. Pump bonsais into them until they love you. Exactly. Um, I I now know sort of what's going on. I've had my first confrontation mm. with the with the final boss. Um, and sort of oh oh oh, we're not going to be able to talk this out, are we? Well, um. So, I'll talk about a bit that I did today. Um, this game does something really weird with its levelling curve, and it's not necessarily a problem, I just don't understand why it's a thing. So, I've been playing the game since the start, I've been slowly working my levels up, my team's mostly in the early 30s, I think they're around level like 33, 34, and suddenly... I, I was playing it on stream and I got told by chat, hey, the next mission you go to will expect you to be level 50. I was like, 
this game's had a really steady level curve up until this point. It seems really weird this far in to go. What I anticipated was, I'm just going to have to spend hours level grinding. But it's a Dragon Quest game. Yeah, I know, but like this, it's not had the leveling curve of a Dragon Quest game, and it still doesn't. I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, out of nowhere it expects this 15 level jump. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um... And then I get pointed to this building, um, called the Battle Tower. It's 30 floors of do a fight and then move to the next floor. And it is purpose designed to get you from level 30-ish to level 50 in about an hour. Okay. That's not too bad. Yeah, you're going to go up 15 to 20 levels in about an hour getting you to where you need to be. Because basically every floor is, we expect you to come into this at about level 30... This will be an enemy that you can definitely defeat at your current level, but will get you loads of experience because it's just that that much above you. Mm. Uh, we know how much experience that gained you, so we'll uh, we'll use that as our baseline for the next thing. And it, it seems purpose-built to just skyrocket your level up 15 levels in an hour. Okay. When the first 30 levels had taken me tens of hours. Right. Um, so, like, I don't understand the purpose of... Jumping the level, uh, the level requirement up by like fifteen levels, only to be like, here's a room that will give you those fifteen levels really quick. I guess it's that way of doing the screenix thing of now it's time for the boss. I mean, maybe I feel like maybe it's to do with, um, we ran out of um w- ways to make the enemies feel interesting at this uh level scaling, or we want to. I feel like part of it might be I unlocked a bunch of new moves doing that, and they're like, look. We want to start giving you enemies that require a new variety of things. Mm. Fuck it. Let's just jump you up a bunch and give you a bunch of new stuff so that you can feel really cool and powerful. Okay. Like, it, it, it's almost got the feel of, like, a time skip in an anime where you go off and do the training arc and this suddenly come back. This is training montage. This, this building felt like the training montage. <laughs> and viewing it that way, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't hate this is the training montage tower. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I continue to be having a really fun time with that game. It is one of my favourite games I've played in the in last year. I'm glad. It is. I'm, I'm just continuing to push along with it. I'm on chapter 12 of 15. I feel like chapter 12 is not going to be much longer, so I feel like I'm real near the end of that now. I'm, I'm really getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? I, I played the, the, the sad cold game. Oh, Frostpunk. Frostpunk, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Everyone, it's getting really cold. Let's go further north. Yeah, that was a weird choice. Yeah. It'll be... Stay it'll be equatorial, surely. Yeah, it'll be less cold in the Arctic Circle. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the impression I got. So, from watching this over your shoulder, um, Ice Age is coming. We need to build a city. Ice Age is here. Yep. A superstorm is coming. Let's build a city. Okay. The Let's... superstorm isn't super well foreshadowed. I'll be honest, as as someone who was playing the game for the first time. So I had my, my initial go of, oh dear, I've run out of everything really, really early. But I think I understand the mechanics now. Yeah. Then I had my dive in again, try everything on easy. Uh, I played start to finish in about f- three or four hours. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I basically ran out of coal day 
three or day day two or three into the superstorm. Oops. And my people just went, you, we're not going to kill you because the death penalty is cruel. You are ejected from the city. You must wander the waste. <laughs> In minus 120 degree weather. That's death. Thanks, guys. <sighs> um, yeah, it is a fascinating game about just what would happen if the world turned to ice. Yeah. And the only way to survive was to, to try and you know, keep this huge generator thing running on coal. Yeah. Maybe if we develop enough greenhouse gases, the world will warm back up again. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it is this struggle of, okay, we've we've got only so many people, important resource, all those people constantly need to be kept warm. Mm. Then we have, like, we need to keep preparing food for them. But if it gets too cold, like, there is a point right just before the superstorm where you can't produce food at all because it's too cold for the hothouses. Huh. So I was like, okay, so I should have been stockpiling food from day one. Yeah. Like, I should have had stockpiles built around the city, like, from from the beginning. Yeah. Like, and that's something I really should have thought about and only now understand. Like, I, I have started playing through again. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, so uh, the, the tents go as near to the generator as possible. There will be a gap to one side of the generator where I'm going to build a hot house yeah. so that we can keep growing food for longer. We're going to move on to, like, getting um, coal mines and steel mines and, uh, like, as much wood as we can for as long as possible. Uh, we're going to get stockpiling th- everything as quickly as possible. You will be living on soup from day one. The second I have the ability to make soup, you're all living on it. Because I cannot afford to have you lot just yupping up food. Yeah. Um, there will be some degree of child labour. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my that was my first one on my first game. I was like, nope, no child labour. That's that's a, I'm not doing that. That's morally reprehensible. Okay, now you have to build houses for all the children to live in. Because. Because they can't do anything, and the adults can't look after them because they have to go to to work. So there has to be like a child place. So you've you've completely lost an entire resource that could be out foraging, just gently yeah. foraging. Um, yeah, like there are there are a lot of hard choices to make in that game. Yep. Uh, the one that really bothered me was uh, like you have the first section of the game, which is very much a how are we just going to stay alive in this moment, and then the second half is. Things are really bad. We're all really upset and scared because they find out that this other city's been like completely wiped out. Hmm. We are. Some of us are going to try and leave and try and encourage other people to leave. But also, you now have to. You have to make a choice of: Do I rally the people through religion <laughs> or policing? Neither of these. Like, is I ideal don't choices. want to do either of these things. <laughs> but I will be. Damned if I'm putting religion in this game. Yeah. So I had like a okay. There is a watch. They're not the police. There's a watch, and and they basically they go out. They make sure people are okay. And if the watch are, have harassed anyone, they're in trouble. I was very sure about all of that. Yeah. Like oh, the watch are there to keep people safe. They're not becoming fascist bully boys. Uh... And it's like, do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want a prison? No, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to build a prison. Yeah, you know, this person did something really bad. Mm, did they? 
Because you later admitted that you caught them you while trying to chase someone else. You believe they were involved, but they're not actually the person that killed someone. So, knock, knock. I'm not, I'm not going to put, put them in prison. Eventually, the population just kicked them to death in the street. Ah. Because we'd had to release them. Because I was like, not building a prison, and I'm uh, this person isn't the person that killed them, so I'm not executing them either. And I'm not putting them out into the cold. Because they'll die anyway, so there might as well be an execution. Yeah. Call it what you like. And they were like, do you want to build a, um, a ministry of propaganda? Fuck no. <laughs> no, I do not. The Thanks. least you thing that has ever existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this was me already going, I'm not putting fucking religion in this game. Um, so yeah, my... my my authoritarian uh, rule uh, was as as un- or unauthoritarian as it could possibly be. <laughs> I was looking at some of the things further down. It's like, mm, like some of the things past Ministry of Propaganda were quite good. Yeah, it's like I am not build. I'm not doing that to my people. Uh. And then they killed me. Oops. So yeah, that's a fascinating game. Bleak, really bleak. Love it. But like just. Something fascinating, and I do not, because I first heard about Frostpunk because it was a Kickstarter for a, a Frostpunk board game. Yes, and I do not understand how that works as a board game. Nope. Like it's, I mean, thinking back to it now, it really just feels like an excuse for miniatures upon miniatures. Yeah. Look, we built the generator. It's a giant generator that you can put in the middle of the map, and then and then you do things. And then there's all these other buildings that you can put around. It's like, mm, this feels like another Kickstarter excuse for minis. Yeah. Dump it. <laughs> what uh, have you played? Oh, we played a thing together with Jim and Comrade on we stream. We did. We played some Pummel Party. Yeah. I think we can summarise Pummel Party real quick. It's Mario Party, but on Steam for £6 with online multiplayer. Yeah. And guns. It's got elements of humans fall, fall, fall flat. Yeah. And Mario Party. The, the mini games are a little frantic in places. <laughs> the first one. That first one was chaos. Yes. Um, but like in a, in a fun kind of way. Um, <laughs> in the I was just hitting the attack button and running in circles. <laughs> um, the game has a lot of good variety of its mini games. Like there was a third person shooter with shotguns for one of them. One of them was yeah. like a full one guys. shot shotguns. Yep. Uh, there was one that was like a fall guys esque uh, jump across the platforms on the ice, try and get to the end of an obstacle course. Uh, there was the one where the platforms were disappearing until the the lamps flared up. Yep. Um, we were trying to build big stacks of blocks. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a good variety of them. There are like. Forty-three games, I think. Yeah, and they there was enough in there that like we played a a, a twenty-five round game that took us about two hours mm-hmm. and didn't see any repeats on that, nope. um, which is good. Yeah, it was great. Um, really enjoyed it. I I do remember like because you'd invited me to be on the stream and and uh, Jim had sent me a copy of the game and I was looking at it just going. Yeah, just look, looking at the the character setup here, I can I can see how this is Jim's game. There's a gas mask and a, a steam cleaner style welding mask and a Jason hockey mask and a scarecrow hat. Yeah, it's. I will say, as much as it was basically Mario Party, it had a few mechanics of its own that were interesting. Yeah. Um, you're collecting keys to unlock chests to get chalices rather than getting coins to stars. Uh, get stars. Um. But, like, you've also got a health meter. Yep. 
So certain steps, rather than like where Mario Party would be like, you lost a couple of coins, you'll lose stuff off your health meter sometimes. Yep. And if your health meter reaches zero, you drop a huge amount of I your think resources. It's half. It half seems about right. And the next player who walks over that spot just gets to take all your stuff. Yep. And you can't go backwards to go get your stuff. You'd have to do a whole loop of the map to yep. get it. I think um, you start back at the beginning of the map. Yeah, there was a labyrinth that had a gun on a very specific spot if you could get to it. We we didn't manage to get that. Well, that's the other thing. We played one map. There's like seven maps in this. Yeah, it it's it's got a little bit of indie jank to it. Not bad. Um, but like... It never crashed or like clipped too much. So. The first time we tried to play it, Jim couldn't make the buttons work. I suspect that was an issue of trying to work out the controls more than I think that is. might well have been the case. Be- but... Because we did have a similar issue later on that we did manage to get past. Yes. It, occasionally it's not very clear what buttons you have to do to do what. Like, yeah. if you enter the map without paying attention, it doesn't tell you what button gets the map to go away, for no. example. Like, there's little polished things like that. But... Yeah. For six quid, yeah, Mario Party with online multiplayer, which yeah. is like the major feature that was missing out of the most recent Mario Party. And there was two of us in the UK playing against two people in the US, yeah, without any like any lag any issues. So the lag net code on that, yeah, good for a, a six pound game. If if you want to play Mario Party with your friends during lockdown and can't see each other, this is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I recommend Pummel Party pretty well. Yeah, and and it, there are tips out there for how to unlock all the cool capes. Oh yeah, if you want to unlock all the cool capes, um, sing, single player one round game, whoever wins the most mini games gets uh, a bunch eight of... Bo- eight Eight bonus goblets. Yeah, and I think the <laughs> most expensive one of the capes is the wireframe one, which I think is 15 goblets. Yeah, so... You can get the unlocks pretty quick if you mm. if you look up guides for how to choose the game slightly. It's not difficult. They can have a rainbow cape. I got a rainbow cape. Got the wireframe cape. Got the water one. The cosmos one, which yeah. looks all right in the in the um sort of loadout screen. But when you actually look it on the map, it's like staring into space <gasps> through this like portal on their back. I I recommend a pummel party. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Good fun game. I won't play more of that. We didn't mention all the items. There's items you can just use on the map, like a shotgun. Yes. Um. There's like uh, an eggplant bomb that you've got to sort of roll it across the map, and you have a certain amount of time to try and roll it to another player. Or there's a cactus soup that uh, disguises you and also stops you from taking yeah, and, and damage. Uh, there's spots that you can you can make a pact with some kind of grim reaper who will. Uh, take either health or keys from players as they walk past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of cool. There's a bunch of cool mechanics. There's a lot going on in that game. They've got the Mario Kart style ride the rocket um, to progress yourself further along yeah, the track. It'll take you ten, ten, ten steps further, and, and you get to roll the dice afterwards. And it'll skewer anyone who you touch along the way and yep. steal a bunch of their keys. And a bunch of their health. Yeah, the the item selection was really was really good. Mm-hmm. Very broad. Yeah. We must defeat Conrad, though. We must defeat Conrad. Mm. Ah, we'll stream it again at some point, I'm sure. Cringe! <laughs> uh, we also played some VR games. We did. Yeah, do you want to tell us about some VR games we played? Played some more Beat Saber. That continues to be fun. Yeah, um, I think there's new tunes in that. There's some new tunes played. since we last played. Um, yeah. I very much enjoyed that one techno track that was like six minutes long. It was long. It was long. It was intense. Um, it was a lot. Yeah, I mean, I've been having heartbreak problems again, so I had to be like taking it 
fairly gently, but yeah. played rum and bass on hard again. Ah, rum and bass. Love rum and bass. I, I, I love that one techno one uh, because there's a section in it where you're doing like mirrored things with both hands at the same time yes. to a slower beat. It feels very powerful to be like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, you get that bit with rum and bass as well because you've got like one going up, one going down. It's like, yeah. there's a lot, a lot of like, um, do the swim. Yes, yes. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, it's it's a fun little game. It continues to be a fun little game. It is. Um, yeah, we had a bit of trouble loading up the quest because we hadn't used or updated it in about Yeah, we months. had to like factory reset it because it couldn't work out how to do system updates because we hadn't done one in so well, long. I can't update eight updates at once. It's yeah. too much. Uh, we did another fight the music in VR game. Like some audio shield. Yeah, audio shield, which is <laughs> Beat Saber, but if you had shields on your fists and the notes were asteroids and you could put your own music in. Yes. How did you get on with audio shield? It reminded me once again that it's never a good idea to put happy hardcore in rhythm action games. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> you you seem to be having a great time. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, I'm trying to remember what else we put in there. Um, I know I put some My Comical Romance in there. We put some drum and bass in there. Uh, oh, drag- I put um, Portishead Roads in there, which was really calming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... Audio Shield was, like, the first one of these that came out in VR. The mm. first, like, VR music rhythm game. And it's... It's lacking a little bit of the polish of something like Beat Saber. It's less immediately, um... Satisfying as having, you know, your lightsabers. But... Mm. It's a f- it's a fun spin, and I like how easy it is to just chuck your own songs on. It also feels like it's got more ability to have difficulty levels. Yes. Whereas when you import tracks into Beat Saber, very often that they are already at a ridiculous level. Yes, because Beat Saber, the custom tracks are typically created by players, and players will create ridiculous beat tracks for them. Yeah. Um. Whereas Audio Shield generally generates its own tracks in real time and there's yeah. there was a track we were you were playing that had like a very like gentle bit that it didn't know what to do with yeah so because um Rhodes has the Rhodes piano in it yeah um there you and and a, a slightly um i think it's like a slightly syncopated so sometimes it'll just do a like a little hesitate before the next beat yeah, um, and the game doesn't always know how to handle that well. Well, it, it does this really weird thing where things come towards you really slowly, pause, and then just fly at you. <laughs> yes. Uh... Um, but I think, like, the, overall, I think that, that Audio Shield did a really good job of generating tracks in real time. I think, like, most tracks it did real good at. Yeah, I think I'm always hesitant about games that auto-generate tracks based on uh, pieces of music in real time. Like, there's a racing game I remember from a few years audio ago. Audio Surf. Yeah, Audio Surf. That was that great. Audio Surf was sometimes great. Um, Again, don't play Happy Hardcore on it. Yeah, but like, if you pick something with a good, <laughs> solid, like, understandable beat, uh, it creates real good tracks yeah, out of it. Yeah, rock music's usually great on those Yeah, na na na, absolutely great in there mm-hmm. yeah I like I like the ones where you have like the big string of notes together and you've got to do the very big curved punch around to get yeah. them those are always fun yeah what else did we play uh, played some pistol whip yeah made me feel very ill uh yes it is a light gun shooter in VR set to music yes is the best way I can Not describe great music, it I'll be honest none of that music was to my taste I spent like the first 10 minutes just going Okay, what's this tune like? What's this tune like? What's this tune like? What's this tune? 
it's it's a, it's got a little bit of what what if um uh what's the the game with slow motion um everything super hot, super hot. What if super hot wasn't slow motion and was on rails? Yeah, what if it was on rails, you're walking along and sometimes things like will have uh like multiple health points? Yeah, if things shoot at you, the, the bullets are slow enough you have time to sort of dodge around them. Mm-hmm. Um I I found it satisfying enough um you know, doing the like I'm looking at a thing and shooting and reliably hitting it a decent amount of time, etc. Um, you pointed out, and you are totally correct. Um, if you're not looking where your gun is, you can't shoot there. Yep. Which As opposed sucks. to super hot. Yeah, super hot or um space pirate trainer. Like that's one of my favorite things about shooters in VR is being able to point your gun at something and go, "I'm going to shoot that," but I'm not going to watch the bullet fly. I'm looking away to look at my next thing. I'm going to shoot. Like what? I'm looking around yeah, at other. I'm lining shits. up my next shot. Yeah, I've just lined that one up. It's perfect. Yes. Oh no, you won't even pull the trigger. Thanks. Yeah, which is honestly my biggest complaint about this game is not being able to shoot while your gun is off screen. Yeah, that, because that threw me a few times. Yeah, it's it's one of the coolest things about VR. Being able to move your head and your aiming reticle independently mm-hmm. is super cool. Like, don't get me wrong, like, I loved the, the aiming and shooting and, and, and moving. Uh, like, I, I was fine up until it started making me duck. Uh, There's a couple of things where there were low ceilings. You don't, because it's on rails, you don't stop moving. And it's like, okay, I need to duck. And I'm looking down slightly, and all of a sudden, I've got all this movement in front of me, and my body's going, nah. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally fair. I didn't come across that because I Placed wasn't looking down. Uh, <laughs> different level didn't look down. Mm-hmm. But I can see why it would cause issues. Yeah. 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 Do we play anything else in VR you Tetris want to? Effect. Yeah, Tetris Effect. It's Tetris Effect. It's Tetris Effect's music great. And it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Although, like, after a game of Pistol Whip, I really was really struggling even an hour later to do anything in VR. That's the thing with VR motion sickness. When it happens, it takes a while to go away. It fucks you for hours. Yes. Um, it, it's more so Not than, like, way. any other kind of video game motion sickness. VR mm. motion sickness will fuck you up. It's very special. Yeah. The last time I remember that was that uh, game Golem. That uh, you helped me go through for review for Polygon. Um, Four hours we fought through that. I yeah. was sick for so long. Oh God, same. Um, that that game <laughs> fundamentally unplayable. We were both like, "You're getting paid for this." It's like, "It's okay. I'll take over for for this little bit." Well, <laughs> it was one of those like, oh, "It's okay." I'm like pissing sweat, feeling really. I I, I had to play enough of it that I could describe what was in there because otherwise my review would have been two sentences. Got sick, couldn't play. I needed to be able to write at least five hundred words to yeah. be like, "I wrote something." I, I think you managed more than five hundred yeah, words, I, but like. It was a slog, like even yeah. going back and forth between us, just like my my golden review is the thing I point people to when people are like, "Oh, it must be so fun reviewing video games." I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> read this, read this, and tell me that my job is always fun." This is not. No, sometimes you gotta review some real garbage. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's everything I've played this week. I played some Digital Root. Ah, it's that board game, but in digital form. It's the lovely board game of of Woodland Might and Right. The 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 2D art translates really nicely into the video game. It really does. They've done a lovely um, sort of cartoony style for 
all of the characters. It's it's nice to see that style. Sometimes you'll get a close-up on something and the, the cool outline effect won't quite uh, like fit properly against the mm. character. But generally it looks really cute. Um, yeah. And I have enjoyed that and I slightly understand the game better for, yeah, for playing hey. it that way. Cool. Although the tutorial isn't super helpful if you already know the game because there's it, it changes the rules slightly. It's like, no wait, it does this thing. And the, the, the tutorial is like, no, no, we're going to do it this way. <laughs> and then you get to your first like, hey, you've learnt that and that. Do you want to try a little test game out with those two factions sure <laughs> it's like oh now now you're saying that I can do the thing thanks, thanks. for baffling me uh. um, and I've, we've never played with the Vagabonds so yeah. I have now had at least a demo with the Vagabonds nice. uh, so I can see how that, that works now yeah. that's a fun little character uh, yeah, I've played other things as well <laughs> it's, oh, it's a long one this week it's <laughs> We're well, gonna I'm... have to stop and refill drinks after I the really game, the played section. Uh, the I think the last, yes, the last thing I played uh, is, uh... oh no, there's two things. <laughs> um, I played uh, Horizon Chase Turbo. This is that driving game. With it's the... the one that looks a bit like, uh, is it Chase HQ? Or yeah, one of those classic sort of scalar games from the. Like yeah. you're constantly ages. driving into the sunset. Constantly driving into the sunset. You you road rashes. You chase HQs. You yeah. Um, outrun. Mm. Outrun is I think the example most people will know. Probably. I think I think they're they're all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah. Um, it's it's all right. It's clearly it, it's designed to look like something, but I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure it's an actual three D environment that they've just like textured in such a way that it, it looks like that. It looks like scaling 2D sprites when it's actually 3D objects. I suspect that that is the case. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, although like the turning in the game is really weird. They're like, you're coming up on a really hard bend and it will start turning for you. Huh. It's like, oh, okay. And then you'll like, like you can let off the turn like fairly easily at the end of it. And not drift to one side most of the time. Again, that's sort of how those old games were. Yeah, it does feel a bit like some of the steering is being done for me. I'm not... Hmm, this is weird. Uh, yeah, and then... Uh, for the most part, I was enjoying it. Like, I've... I've uh, I played through the uh, free DLC, which was the, the test drive. I was like, I'm not very good at driving games. I just want some arcade action. Played through that. Um, the Africa stage has um so all of all of the stages will have like things from the area that it is supposed to be mm -hmm. like lining uh -huh. the side lining the side of the track yeah the africa stage just has like some tribal masks and crossed spears at the side of the track as uh, you were driving through uh, just like ah glad i didn't pay money for that it, it was in a humble bundle there were three other things i wanted i got those and then was like i'll give that a try oh dear Oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear. And the last thing I played was another It's Cold, Let's Make Things Warm game. I played through Little Inferno again. Little Inferno just for me. Yeah. And I kept the hug token all the way to the end. Yeah. So I got my hug 
Yeah. Yeah. That I I come back to that game every couple of years and just play through it because it's it's not super long, it's not super taxing. It's not really a game, it's more of a tool just it's, like sandbox. It's it's an enjoyable thing to play around with for a bit, especially if you were a pyromaniac as a child. Yeah. <laughs> things. Making making napalm on the back step as a kid. <laughs> I was not supervised very often. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie doodle. Uh, yeah, so it, it, that was a fun for, couple For anyone games. who's never played it, it's, it is a game about buying things from catalogues and burning them in fires. And if you burn certain things together, you'll get little achievement-y combos. And, yeah, and there are 99 combos to yeah. burn. And you'll get more money to buy more things and burn more things. And then a story happens. Yeah, there's about- this whole story about your next door neighbour. And she wants to send you things, and she sends you little poems and pictures and stuff. And then sometime during the game, she just burns her house down. Yep. Um, hey kids, everything's cold outside, so get all your toys and burn them in a fireplace to keep warm. Mm. It's Little Inferno. Little Inferno. Little Inferno just for me. Uh, Moral Corp. (laughs) Gosh, it is it is my favourite game that um that that that, that company has made. Tomorrow Corp. Corp, yeah. Um I like the ideas of their other games, but ones like Human Resource Machine, my brain just doesn't compute for that. I really wanted to play Human Resource Machine. Yeah. But I am bad at that. I'm bad at program logic. I've I've I mean, I got it because I thought it might help me finally understand programming logic. But then someone was like, yeah, that's not really how programming works. No, I was like, oh, okay. I'll it, go back to it, Scratch. And then I never went back to Scratch yeah. either. It, it'll help you with with logic systems and thinking through long strings of cause and effect a little bit. But yeah, no, no, thank. No, thank. Not for me, please. Well, I uh, think that's everything we've played this week. We played. Well, then. Time to have a quick break and go Time and get to have a quick drink. drink and get a drink break. <laughs> drink break. Oh, look at that. Look at that. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's that over. It's all over. Uh, what, what sorry? Year, year's over, isn't it? Oh, so, yeah, the, year, the, year, the year is over. We've reached 2021. Yeah. Numbers, numbers gone up. Got through it. Numbers gone up. Smooth sailing now, isn't it? Well, I mean, things are still going to be rough for a while. Ah, new year. New year, new me. Yeah, new year, new you. Um, I can't help but notice you're not wearing your mask. Yeah, it's 2021 now. That was last year. I mean, the germs haven't stopped existing. The virus is still a thing. This is 2021. Uh, yes, it's but... New year. I mean, you know, things will hopefully move in a better Fresh direction. Start. I have... Hmm... A lot of people met each other over Christmas, and now a lot of people are ill. I didn't, didn't go anywhere. Yeah, but they all did, and there's that means the germs are a lot out there. New Year. Skids. Cake? No, I probably shouldn't. I'm keeping the mask on. Um, are, are you just... Are you yeah. just... Are you only paying attention to the fact the number's gone up? Number's gone up! Okay, well, let me divert your attention to this graph over here. This number has also gone up. That's not a graph, that's an upline. Yes, it is. This is a public service announcement brought to you on behalf of announcements for the public.
Today's announcement, don't patronise children. Just because a concept is complex doesn't mean that they cannot be trusted to understand and process it. Indeed, sometimes it is important to teach children about things that are complex, and very often they will understand more of it than you might expect. So, do not underestimate them. If you do not teach them complex subjects, they do not have an opportunity to ask questions and to learn. Indeed, and surely we should all have a position to ask questions and to learn and to grow from a young age. Don't think that you are protecting them from the harshnesses of reality, when they are in fact going to have to live within reality. So remember, don't patronise children. This has been a public service announcement. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eye meats? Uh, we watched some things together over the holidays. Things we um, watched? Yeah, things we watched. Um... We watched the only thing on Disney Plus that I have any interest in watching, Pixar's Spark Shorts. They were good. Yeah, I'm going to pull up a list because I want to remember yeah. what they all were. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time off. Um, so this is basically Pixar making little ten minute short films that are often a bit more adult in tone than the sort of family films yeah. they often do. Um. So we we watched we watched through all of these. There's a good batch yeah. of them. They were all very different to each other. There was Pearl, which was the the knitting one. Yes. Of the ball of wool, who goes to work in the business office and business. yeah, feels like she has to reshape herself to fit in, and then sees someone else join the company and is like, oh, oh, it'd be good if the workplace accommodated us and not us having to fit into them. It's it's a weird one. Like I didn't really know how to feel about it. It's like, it's basically someone who has come into a, a, a very male-oriented business. Yeah. Which is, has got this very much an old boys club. They then completely reinvented themselves to fit in with that yeah. whole environment. But as soon as somebody else who ha- was like she had been was like... You know, actually, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you yeah. in as you are, rather than yeah. you having to become me. I think I think a big part of it is you see early on she's very much like she's made to feel terrible and lesser for not being part of the old boys club, and she sees that moment of oh god, am I about to be that to someone else? Mm-hmm. It's like no, you shouldn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the whole environment becomes less toxic as a result. Yeah. Um, there's one called... What, what, I don't remember what this one was by Is name. Is that the one about the... Yeah. Um, oh, yes, overworked robots working that were sort of tethered to a big train. Oh. They were they were just, like, putting coal in the train to keep it going. nothing to lose but your tether. Yeah, yeah, it, it was very much a rise up against your oppressors and escape and try and seek out a better life. Yes. But with robots. Yes, and there, there was the whole class system of... We are the robots who are tethered to the thing, yeah. but if we look up, 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 up into the skies, we yeah. can see a whole society of, um, of upper um, class. Yeah, they they have tethers. they have their own power sources rather than tethers. If we had those, we could go be like that. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have to be chained down here in the lower castes of society. And as soon as they tried to escape, they were shot by the police. I mean, basically, the cops do not want you escaping your station in life, and mm-hmm. you're real work for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kitbull was really adorable. The kitten and the pitbull oh. uh, that made... It had a very different art style. It was like a 2D animated, very sort of scruffy lines. 
It was still 3D, but yes. Uh, it, it looked it looked 2D. Yeah, in a lot it, of places. it had a slightly flatter look in places, but yeah, yeah it was. Um, it was very sad. Yeah, it was. Uh, like I don't like dogs, but I one thing I, I hate worse than that, that is like people who abuse animals. Yeah, I this won me over to being like I'm rooting for you, dog. Yes. Just, Little scared kitten and little beaten dog making friends and trying to escape together and be be bestest friends. It was as soon as I saw the stuffy, I was like, oh god, they're training that dog to fight. Yeah, yeah, and it's okay. Content Every- warning for anyone though, because that yeah. does there are there is a scene where the dog is quite badly injured. It's it's intense. Um, yeah. Float was the one that got me. Um, uh, the one with the kid. Oh, the kid. The, that made yeah. Me cry. Yeah, that one made me cry. The first. Most of these made me cry. That's so yeah. Uh, so float is about a little little kid who, when he gets happy, he just starts floating off the ground, and it's harmless. But his dad. It's different. Yeah, he's different, and people look at him weird, and it definitely seems like it's an analog for neurodiversity of some kind. I got that impression. It, yeah. It's it's the my harmless. But acts a different disabled child. It's, it's the why can't you be normal line at the end that yeah. ruined so me. There's, there's only one line of dialogue in the whole 10 minute thing. Really? Yeah, it is only one line of dialogue. But there's just laughter at the rest of the time. Yeah, the rest of it, you've got laughter. Um, it's 10 minutes of this dad trying to weigh this kid down, trying to shave he off everything that bag. makes him special, weigh him down, rocks in his bag, cover him up, and. Yeah, it, the only spoken line is him turning around to this kid in frustration and just screaming, why can't you be normal? And it's... It's a lot. <laughs> Got me again. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm welling up too. Um, but, like, I like how it ended. It I, I, The sort of dad's turnaround of, oh, shit, I'm, I'm erasing everything beautiful about my kid. Um, and then he goes on the swing. Yeah, he um, goes on and the swing. The kid does a float. On, yeah, the kid does a float, and he starts encouraging what the the differences that make his kid unique, rather than trying to pretend they don't exist. Yeah. Um, wind. Oh, wind got me as well. This was mm. the the grand the grandmother and the grandchild. Yes. Um. <laughs> some questions I have about the physics of this. Yes, they're universe. in they're in some kind of big hole with weird gravity, and basically they're trying to build a spaceship to to escape up to the surface and mm-hmm. um it i i called it right at the start that it was going to oh, yeah. be it was going to be a bit um bing bong from inside yes. out in yeah. the memory pit mm-hmm. but like the execution of it was very powerful yeah um it was very beautifully done mm-hmm. yeah it, it was a beautiful story it the um the whole thing about um building uh, like building the ship and yeah. like ha- what designs they were going to come up with and and how like the kid was constantly like but we'll get you in here too granny yeah yeah it's it's a lot i think luke might have been one of my favorite ones we saw which is the one about the oh. non-verbal autistic girl that was very sweet yeah um props to pixar for making an actual thing about a non-verbal autistic person that shows their forms of communicating and the fact that, hey, just because you're nonverbal doesn't mean you can't communicate your wants and mm-hmm. needs. Yes. Um, really, it was quite a lot to watch that one. Yes. Um, it, it did a lot with showing, like, basically, nonverbal autistic girl and very chatty boy at a summer camp or something reluctantly paired together in a canoe. I, th- I think they... Kind of want to say got away with things that they wouldn't have done otherwise if the other character had been an adult. 
Yes. I think the idea that they could have like a slightly f- frustrated, I don't want to be here. Yeah. It's like, why did I get stuck looking after someone else? Oh. Yeah. Um, and not related by blood as well. Yes, but it was it was really lovely that they took time to do things like um, showing showing that she she really liked the sensation of going back and forth through the reeds, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they did a pretty tasteful job with the with the over over overstimulated sensory stuff. Um, yes, with the whole thing with the tunnel and the boat motor. From yeah. The outside. Yes, and it was really nice to see them find a rhythm to communicate by the end that didn't involve words. Yeah, that that whole thing at the end of hiding under the boat and just him being like, "Uh, wait, I do have a way to communicate with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, And one thing I really like that they touched on on that is that they didn't overlook the fact that just because someone's non-verbal doesn't mean that... Then they have nothing to say. Well, well, more, more so even than that. Uh, they didn't gloss over the fact she can understand verbal spoken text. Yes. She understands what people are saying, she just doesn't yes. talk herself. And yes. that is so often a mis- misconception or misattribution when talking yes. about nonverbal the, it, people. And very often you can't even tell that that's what the story is being told. Yeah. Because they come off as, a, it's a story about a deaf person. Yeah. But it's, it's not. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, she she can hear, she just doesn't talk with words. She doesn't talk with words and you're not always part of her world. You need to wait until she notices you. Yeah. Sometimes. So Luke was really beautiful. Luke was the one that I I wanted to watch this collection for because I'd heard a lot about it and hadn't Mm -hmm. seen it. I was scared when she dropped her phone in the water. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, There was Out, which was the the gay coming out one. Uh, the, the The gay body swap. The gay body swap with the dog. Yes. Like, um, uh, yeah, that was another another one that had that real crushing moment right at the beginning. It's like, oh, they're such a sweet couple. Oh, you're not out and you're just hiding your partner. Oh, yeah. Because oh. it, it starts with a, oh, my, ho- my, my, I worry that homophobic parents are coming. Can you, my loving partner, can you just pretend not to be here while my parents are here? That's real fucking shitty. Yes. I don't want my parents to know you exist. Yeah. But and, and then there's the whole body swap thing and the weirdness with mum and dog, and then just like mum having a conversation that appears to very much be about one thing, on or, or two things at once. Yeah, I think they did a good job of making that conversation about both things it needed to be about. Yes, although um, sometimes it really felt like it was skewing one way or the other. Well, I, I think that's often how those are done in stories. Yeah. The, like, look, I'm I'm pretending I'm talking about this, but I'm clearly talking about this. And, yeah. Um, and then Burrow was, I think, the last one. Oh, yeah. we didn't watch it last. We were going through just going, you pick one. Now you, now you pick one. Now you pick one. I was like, I picked Burrow because it had a bunny on it. Yeah. And about two minutes into that, I was like, I've retracted my choice. Ah, it's too much. It it was it was really lovely by the end. It's this one was two D animated, wasn't it? No, I don't know. So. Was it not? No, I think they're all three D animated, but oh. some of them just look flatter than others. This 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 looked very two D style. I, I, I think it helps that it is largely one point perspective. So yeah. it is always here is the underground. You will have the burr 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 pop into a location or fall into a location, yeah. and it's. 
this uh, but so basically the story is a rabbit is uh, I have a design for a home and I am going to live here. It's my little simple house I would like to make. Yes, and I, there will be a, a bed and a, a a cool cool disco bed. <laughs> um, there there was something like f- fairly. Yeah, uh, it was it was a fairly small list of wants, but it was like this is my place. Yeah. And there was no space underground because everybody, all of the animals live underground. Indeed. And trying to find where's my space for me to have a little house. And the big scary growly door. The big scary growly door. Oh, mm. uh, these these were all really beautiful. Yes. The fact that we've both welled up while just Talking discussing them, them uh, should tell you everything you need to know. It. They're really well made, they're really beautiful, mm. they're very powerful little short stories. Yes. It reminded me a lot of watching through Love, Death and Robots on Netflix. Just, I want more collections and anthologies of short yeah. short story films. Short stories made for less money. Yeah. That are less good. <laughs> well, not, not even as good. But not forced to. By people who are paid properly. Yeah. It's I I like little anthologies of of short films and apparently there's more spark shots being developed Ooh. in in the future so uh yeah apparently about a year ago they announced that they're making more of them so at some point there might be more they're well worth watching if you've got access to them yeah, what Can else? We talk about an, another. Was it Pixar? I think it's a Pixar. Ah, uh, yeah, Dis- we watched Disney Soul. Pixar. We watch Soul, the new, the new Disney Pixar film. Yeah. Uh how do you want? Do you want to explain Soul? Um. Okay. So there is a man who has a dream of music, yeah. and he is an incredible jazz pianist. Um. And whoever actually plays the music in this does a, an amazing job. Very good job of like subtlety on the keys. Yeah, like I am not a huge fan of jazz, but I, I don't know if it's just the fact that I've been learning music theory in the last yeah. year that I very much appreciated that a lot more. Yay! Um, but it was also very good music. Yeah. Um, I think because there, there's is this the one with two two um, musical artists and one of them's Trent Reznor? Yeah, apparently, yes, yeah. one of them's Trent Reznor. Um, yeah. So the, <laughs> I think one of them is the jazz musician and the other yeah. one is Trent Reznor. So that was an interesting thing to find out later. Um, uh, he is a teacher, and he's yeah. not super pleased about that, but it pays the bills. He's... And he has a couple of really talented students but... who really care about music. Yeah, in a class of people who don't necessarily care about the thing. But he's very passionate about like people getting lost in the music. Yeah. And, um, his dream is to is to play stages. He wants like that sort of. He wants his fifteen minutes of fame Basically, playing music. He saw a musician went with a musician with his father as a child, his yeah. late father, um, and that that was a very formative moment in his interest in music. And oh Jesus, <sighs> I'm still crying about Baron. <laughs> um, there you go. <laughs> uh, okay. Um so he's about he's been offered like a permanent job as a teacher and he's like I don't want to do that permanently I don't think. I'm not sure if that's what I want to do forever. And then he gets his his offer of the big break. Ah oh, it's it's going to be the gig that you've been waiting for and then he dies. He promptly walks out of his appointment to get that that dream gig and falls down a manhole cover and he is dead. And then we do the the, the thing that happens a lot in movies that have a main black character 
He becomes a squishy blob and later a cat. <laughs> yes, it's the thing that happens particularly in CGI animated kids films with black lead characters. Because we know white people yeah. are just too fragile. They transform for about the middle third of the film into something that is not a black human. So you've got the princess and the frog, she becomes a frog. I haven't seen that. Uh, you've got... Uh, the one that's got um, Spider-Man boy plays a nerdy kid and the black lead transforms into a pigeon. It's a spy film that came out last year. I haven't seen it. I completely forget what the film's called. I um, didn't even know this was a trope, but you mentioned a bunch of films that I've just never seen before, but I have since learned that, yeah, this is this is a big problem. Um, I, I need to find the name of that film now. It's going to annoy me. Um, uh, Will Smith transforms into a pigeon. Spies in disguise. Um, yeah, he spends most of the film as a pigeon rather than a black man. Um, yeah, this film does that. The, yeah. the middle third of the film is, um, he is a squishy soul blob. Um, he, he's meant to go to the afterlife. He doesn't want to go to the afterlife. Hey, it's adorable. Yeah, it's adorable. He would rather go back to being alive so he can go do his big show that's going to make everything feel better and Ooh. life will be worth it. Um, and then we also spend a good chunk of the film with um, a white woman Tina in his Faye. body. Yeah, Faye. Tina Fey running around in his body. Yeah. Um, but like, those points aside... Um, that third of the movie aside. I, I, I mean, not even that third of the film aside, because there is good stuff in that film with There's those caveats. There's moments in that... Um, it, it feels... The fact that they put his voice back in for the conversation he has with his mother. Yeah. Um, what I really liked about this film is more than any other Pixar film, it felt made primarily for adults with kids as the secondary audience as opposed to usually a bit of a reverse yes. on that in Pixar. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some really interesting conversations about like what what does it mean to be alive? What is the purpose of being alive? What is what is the thing that you, you aim what for? What is your driving goal? What is your driving goal? Um, there are some really interesting conversations about like following your dreams versus paying the bills is a big thing. That whole conversation mm-hmm. he has with his mum hit real hard home for me personally. There's also the conversation he has with the jazz singer. Um, is it Viola? Yeah, yeah. And um, he's talking about like how the first night on stage he thought it was going to be this huge thing. Yeah. And she tells this allegory about um, a fish in, in the ocean. Yeah. And it's like, I'm looking for the ocean. You're in the ocean. Nah, this is just water. Yeah, it's that whole that you think a thing's going to be the thing that changes everything. And it's like, mm. no, it just it just is more of what it's, it is. It's, it's more of the thing you already do, but yeah. more people are looking. Yeah, yeah. As as someone that has, has had a creative career the last X number of years, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of relatable stuff in this. <laughs> I mean, and, and me who's barely starting a creative career like there are moments of oh this is it's it's just the thing i do but sometimes people pay attention to it yeah yeah it 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 focuses a lot on themes about things like appreciating the moment to moment not uh, rather than just chasing the goals constantly like take time to enjoy what where you're at now rather than just thinking yeah but it'll be better when i get to this mm-hmm it was, a, it was a very thoughtful film. Yeah, enjoy the journey with, without constantly feeling like you have to be getting. You've got to be chasing else. the milestones. Yeah, I say as I go back to right. What are my milestones for twenty twenty one? Can I help? Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Um, yeah, Soul, real good film with some caveats about the b- b- magical transformation of black people in kids' yeah. films. There is a great thread on Twitter of reviews of Soul's but sold by black reviewers. Yeah. Uh, which, if you are a white person going into this, is worth considering. I did not read those before watching the film, but no. I have done afterwards, and I, I feel better informed for having done so. Uh, did we watch it on release day or something? Because it was weird. It, we watched it, and literally the next day, there were things uh, about we, Soul fucking... We everywhere. accidentally watched it the day after it released. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't aware of that because I'd, I'd heard about it. Yeah, and obviously this is the year. I didn't realize it. I did, mean fucking. Yeah, nothing. I didn't realize it came out on UDP. Yeah, we 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 watched it in a case of. I think we watched it on the evening of Boxing Day. I, it, it's a, a it blur all of recreational together. Jesus <laughs> and board games. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's a great film. It's got some lovely music in it. There is some lovely moments. I, I'm not sure they needed to. C- Cast t- Tina Fey in that role. No, I, no. I, 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 especially if you were going to take over a black man's body. I, I feel like it would have gone a huge amount of the way if they just cast a black woman in that role. I think it, would it have, certainly would have helped, but then it, you would have had two black people being forced to be squishy blobs for for a third. Indeed, of but at least when the body was back in play, it would have been another black person in the body. There is that. It aspect. would have been one fewer thing. One going fewer on. problematic. One <laughs> fewer weird thing going but on. Yeah. Um. And I, I, as I said, I did quite like the um design of the the soul blobs. Yeah. They There's were this adorable. weird sort of chromatic aberration thing around the edge of them that I just found really interesting yeah. from a design point. I liked the two D sort of guardian spirits that were sort of like fascinating. drawn with lines only uh, the way they interacted with the more fleshed out 3D world space was really interesting yes. and Richard Ayoade again Richard Ayoade is in fucking everything probably likes the fact that he doesn't have to interact with people I, I mean, just go in a voice booth I record my lines and then I leave <laughs> uh, we also watched The Mandalorian season 2 we did there's, there's something I won't cry about yeah um, The Mandalorian season 2 very fun. Um, good, good little adventure. I First don't... of all, all the caveats about that film. Yeah, all, we, all... We, we, we yeah. know all the bad things relate to the people related to that film. Yeah, there's some, there's some transphobes involved. It's shitty. Uh, don't it's pay great. for it. Yeah, don't pay for get it. The th- get the thirty day trial. Immediately cancel it, and 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 don't pay for it. I mean, there are also other ways you could not pay for it. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, um, yeah. I don't know how they do a third season of this. They do something in this that makes me question, can you really get away with a third season? Or would a third season work? I don't know. I mean, I feel like they've set up for it. They've set up for it. They clearly want to do one. I just can't picture what season three looks like. It's it's Starbuck versus... Um, the, versus the man yeah, who Starbuck, is also a girl. Starbuck's in it! It's, yeah, it's got... Um, Starbuck from Battlestar. I can't remember what her name is. Yeah. Starbuck. Starbuck. Yeah, Cara Starbuck Thrace. from Battlestar. Cara Thrace. <laughs> um, I, I, I felt... I really Can't liked... Off? Yes. I really liked the uh, conclusion. I liked how they wrapped up season two. I thought that um, the sort of twists in that last episode or so and some of the unexpected reveals were like, oh, those are pretty cool. Mm. I thought it was funnier than I expected season two to be. I mean, I found the first one kind of funny. Yeah, season season two had some good laughs, a lot of which revolved around the child trying to eat things that should really not be eaten. Grogu. 
Grogu, don't eat those those eggs. Don't eat. Stop eating the babies. Stop eating the babies. Grogu has a hunger for infants. Tasty babies. Grogu wants to eat babies all the time. Always oh, the babies. Always oh, the babies. Nom nom nom. Nom nom nom. Yeah, yeah. It was a good. It was a good fun action romp for for some time again. There's some fan servicey stuff in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it feels like they're slowly drip-feeding the, um, the extended universe stuff yeah, into that show. like, we got some stuff from Rebel, we got a character, a notable character from Rebels. Yeah, Shoka's in there. Yep, um, we had some stuff from the Thrall trilogy being hinted at. Um, uh, the, yeah, the, there was a mention of Thrawn. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know anything about that particular trilogy because the time by the time I'd heard about it and was like, yeah, I'd be interested in reading that. It was out of print, and then yeah. Disney took over, and it's just never going to happen. They, they seem to be taking little bits from it to drop in, but I'm I'm intrigued as to where it's going. It's got mm. some cool stuff on the table. Yeah. I yeah. was always fascinated about who the fuck Mara Jade was, but yeah. I doubt we're going to get that. Probably not now. Yeah. Uh, what have you watched? What have I watched? Um, let me see. I can tell you another thing we watched together. If What's you, another if you need thing a second. we watched together? We watched more Sweet Home. Yes, we that, watched that, a second episode of Sweet Home. Uh, I think we've watched more than a second. We've watched like three or three four now. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that continues to step up its horror. Um, little yeah. by little. Hmm. That that building they're in is not as safe as it seemed. No, no, it is not. Um, I'm liking. We're starting to get to the point where the people who have to band together to survive are starting to get selfish. Yes. Um, and that's getting interesting. Like, obviously, watching like the person who owns the the shop in the building getting a bit protective over his food and things like that. Yes. Um, we're starting to see the various sort of factions and groups that exist popping up, and yeah, I, I it continues to be really funny and well paced and a good watch. I was trying to multitask and build Gundam while we watched an episode, and I kept being like, "Can't, can't build this Gundam." There's wild shit going on on the TV. I'm trying to remember what it was I was trying to do like a, a few weeks, but I think it was probably playing Age of Calamity or something. It was like, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll just pop this on while I watch the." Nope, not happening. Just yeah, because every time I thought to look down at the screen, it was just like, no, nope, s- some other wild shit's yeah. happening. I- it does not give you the space to multitask watching it. It demands your attention. Mm-hmm. Have you found anything you've watched this week? I haven't really watched anything. I think that that was it. We watched the, we watched yeah. a lot of Disney stuff, and and then that we watched hours and hours of kaleidoscope videos. We did on YouTube, we and did. we watched <laughs> Electric Sheep in HD. We watched we watched many psychedelicy things. Yeah, just, yeah. Fancied some visuals for yeah. uh, for uh, purposes. Nude queers. <laughs> well, it was nude queers, and we wanted that sort of rave vibe of yeah. like, here's some visuals up on the thing. We had obviously we've got all our disco lights and lasers yeah. in the smoke machine, so we're going for that real vibe for it. Um, and I think we started on Psytrance, so we yeah. we listened to like most of a Psytrance mix, which had some questionable mixing in it. <laughs> yes. Um. And then we'll probably get onto the music. L- well, pr- probably now. I, I think guess. we finished what we've watched. So now then, time for time this. For this. Laura, Laura, got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you want to see a doctor in your area? 
I mean, I over Skype. I, I, I mean, I, I well, I, I was gonna say I probably should go see them, but like, I don't want to leave the house. Skype, I mean, would 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 work exactly. I'd have to go out where all the people are. Exactly. You don't have to go and sit in a in a. A Sur- room, uh, room surgery waiting room. I'd have to go to full a room of people coughing and sweating. And... Yeah, a room of people who think they might have the Rona mm. that I then have to sit near. Mm. I'd like to avoid that. Yeah, well, you could sign up for a livey. Ah, many doctors in your area are already subscribed in, to in, a livey. In my area. In your. What about doctors in your area? What about your area, listener? In the listeners' in the, area. In the, right in the listeners' area. Oh, ah. Right up there. There's doctors. <laughs> Oh wow! That you wouldn't believe. Ah, oh, doctors everywhere. Yeah. So basically, we a livey. You can sign up. It's free. I, I, I'm starting to think about this. Why do the doctors have to be in my area if it's over the internet? Why? Why are they stressing that there's doctors in my area? Basically, like it's practice. So it will be your so someone from your practice oh, doctor. Okay. Uh, and okay. It, the reason is that if you if they decide like. Uh, they have to be able to say you either you either need to go into the surgery for for like some kind of test or something, oh. be it blood tests or blood pressure tests or something else, or they just want to feel your lumps or whatever and just go, yeah. yep, that's that, that's an okay lump. It's but we're on or they want to refer you to a hospital. <laughs> but we're on Skype, which means that you know whatever terrible horrific germs I have within me, I don't have to bring anywhere near them. Exactly. And, you know, you don't have to worry... They, they don't have to worry about your your, your germs yeah. or your blood or, or any of the other nastiness. I mean, that's probably a good idea. The healthcare workers are going through a lot right now. I should not subject them to my germs unnecessarily. Yeah. Oh, uh, this just in. Uh, they, oh. they, you know, remember the whole thing about the, 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 the postage... Postage.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you send them, like, the, your packages, you print out the labels. Yeah, yeah. And it comes with, like, some scales. Yeah, apparently you can just do your own blood tests at home now. And oh. and, and you'll just, like, you, you print out the labels yourself and you send it off oh, to the, the local Oh, cross-sponsor branding. Yeah, cross-sponsor branding. That's, that's pretty good, that. Yeah. So that's alivey.lol.net. And, and you two today can see if you can uh, see a doctor in your area. I'd really like to not be where the germs are. In your area. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I've been looking over the numbers over the, uh, the UDP break. Ooh, I like numbers. Oh, I know. Numbers. Good numbers. Numbers are the best. Numbers are great. Yeah. So, I was a bit worried going into the holidays because... You know, we we released the big AAA game back in December. You know, yeah, and, uh, a lot of refunds it, on that. Yeah, we had a lot of bugs. It did not work on some of the consoles. We had offensive content in it. We so broke sh- some people and some consoles. Yep. Um. You know, we, there were a lot of refunds. A lot of talker refunds. We don't typically do refunds. I was a bit worried what the sales were going to look yeah, like. Yeah, I'm not a fan of refunds. Yeah, but like, look, even factoring in the refunds. Yeah. We've sold 13 million copies. Well, I like that number. Exactly. What that tells me is we did nothing wrong and we don't need to learn any lessons from this. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what I would get from this. I mean, why would yeah. we examine ourselves if uh, clearly we are, uh, we're, if, we're just fine. If we can, if we can shit out a broken piece of crap and still sell 13 million copies. Fuck, I could have coded this. <laughs> exactly. Like... Why are we even bothering? 
make it more broken next time. Rush more corners. We're still gonna sell. Wow, we can flog the interns even harder. Ah, oh, you are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> about those things we've listened to. Things we've listened to. Things we have listened to. Um, there's one main thing I've listened to this week. Yeah? I listened to all of Stella Firma. Yeah, you did. That I, was fun. I, I, I'm up to date. I know what Stella Firma is now. That podcast. All 54 episodes. That podcast you've been trying to get me to listen to for a while. I listened to all 54 episodes of it, and now I need more of it. Inject it into my veins. I need this. Mm-hmm. Um... Considering how the first season is very much, here is one single topic. We are making planets. We are uh, building planets after being given uh, requests. And once a week we get a meeting from the boss and this is how things go. After season one, that structure... uh, Collapses, you know. Flat in a couple. It's it's you turning every couple of minutes and I kind of love it. There is not time to get used to one new status quo before, oops, we're doing this now. Who needs status quo? Yeah. Also, the the mark of a good bit of improv, I can't stop singing David's Fact Corner. Corner. Uh, (laughs) Doing facts to Imogen. It's a very, it's a very, like, I want to be doing that voice a lot of the time. It's a good voice. <laughs> it's adorable. I, I, d- saying David's Fact Corner is the only way I can get myself properly into the voice. I'm going to go, David's Fact Corner. Uh, if you want a bit of silly improv, Stella Firm is, is, a, is a fun time. Yeah, and, and while we're talking about things we listen to and Stella Firma, they did an album... Oh over yeah, the, over UDP. Uh, it's um, Cabaret Night, Cabaret Night at the Cosmic Lounge. I've not listened to it yet, other than like a bit of one song. So I think they're being individually released on YouTube still slowly. Yeah, uh, but they released like a whole album pack for uh, Patreon supporters. So I've got that. Um, there's some fun tunes in there. There's there's one one from Harry. Harry's got a tune about being like uh, just just a guy who likes his like, you know likes his likes his free time yeah um it's the, there's some really good tunes like the the music's really good the lyrics are really good when you can read the lyric sheets some of them um the mix isn't great on yeah so you can't really hear like the, it feels like the vocals haven't been mixed very well with the tunes. Like they're, wow. they're, they're, they're either they're just slightly too quiet, or there there is some other mixing issue. I've never tried to mix lyrics, so I'm sure it's difficult. But I've I've not really had to think about that. But like, yeah, the those tunes are not perfect in that way. That's a shame. Um, it is a shame because they are fun. Like the Imogen rap is kind of fun. <laughs> um, Harry's one was fun. Like. Trexel obviously just cuts through fucking everything because it's mm. Trexel's voice. Um, uh, David's song is a little bit creepy. It's called Little Clone Baby. That sounds a bit unsettling. Just little Clone Baby. Because <laughs> technically he's only like a, a few, few weeks old. old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> he's had quite an eventful life if you think about it that way. Uh, also listen to a uh, mix on YouTube uh, on the Acid Jazz channel. 
called the best of acid jazz and funky grooves we did we did ah. go through that there was a lot of tracks in there i recognized Some very nice tunes um I didn't recognise most of them, but I very much enjoyed just like some good, good funky beats. Uh, what about you? Uh, I listened to some new music today. I listened to some songs. Mm. Um, I think I've listened to this one before. The name and artist sound really familiar, but I I put it down anyway. I'm not a good person by Pat the Bunny. Oh, Pat the Bunny. Um, sort of acoustic punk track. Um, the lyrics feel very imposter syndrome. Lots of like. Yeah, people love me, but like, I don't remember to do the things I'm meant to do to show that I love them, like calling them and starting conversations and ongoing relationship upkeep. And like, the more the song goes on, the more it becomes increasingly apparent the singer isn't a bad person. They're just sort of burned out and struggling and, you know, you know when you get a bit socially overwhelmed when you're depressed and you're like, I'm, I'm not doing good at the upkeep things. I'm in this picture and I don't like it. Yeah, I'm in this picture too and I don't like it. It's it's being in that state and being like, it means I'm a bad person. No, it doesn't mean you're a bad person, but it's like, mm, I'm not doing the things I'm meant to do, French. I'm, I'm a bad friend. Aww. Yeah, it's a bit sad, but like, it's it's very relatable. That's I'm not a good person by Pat the Bunny. Pat the Bunny. Um, uh, many of these are songs I'm pretty sure I've heard before, but I'm talking about them this week anyway. D and D is gay, but so am I. So this tracks by Newgrounds Death Rugby. Yeah, I think you mentioned this like last episode. I mentioned this band last episode. Different track. Okay. I think I, I definitely mentioned Newgrounds and Newgrounds Death Rugby last week. Okay. Um. Uh, femme rock, very like recording in a garage with only a single microphone kind of energy. Um, just a sort of late teens, early twenties gay love story told through the medium of D and D, which is kind of kind of cute. Um, there's a track called Fifteen Minutes by Mike Kroll, which is you know in Steven Universe when um Pearl chases the motorcycle lady with the pink hair to that house party. Vaguely. They they spe- they do speeding. The cops are chasing after them. She outruns. The, she tries to outrun I, the cops. I remember Mystery Woman. I don't remember most of the rest. Okay, of the so the end of that episode of Mystery Woman has them turning up at a house party, and this is the track that's playing at the house oh. party. Um, so it's 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 a it's it's a punk track. The lyrics are kind of wild. Um, the the singer is a man singing about. He's getting really snippy. Going, hey, look. If, the, if I told you the world was going to end in 15 minutes, would you spend that last 15 minutes with me or would you spend it with your friends? I bet you'd spend it with your friends. I'd be alone for the last 15 minutes on Earth. You'd spend it with your friends, wouldn't you? Like, it's got real vibes of just, you don't care enough about me to not see your friends for the last 15 minutes on Earth. Like, where's the solution of, we will go see my friends together and me and you and my friends will be together for the final 15 minutes on Earth? Nope. You got you got to pick me or them. Who you spend the last fifteen minutes on Earth with? Goodness. Yeah, it's it's wild when you listen to the words. Um, <laughs> and the last one I wanted to talk about was a track called "Armchair Anarchism" by Not Half Bad. It's a fairly laid back kind of punk track about trying to shake loose your own apathy and get angry and emotional rather than numb about all the shit going on in the world. Goodness. Yeah. That's what I listen to. What about you? So many listens. Well, I can do some things that we listen to. 
so in that Psytrance mix that we listened to, first of all, the one track I really liked was um, KVSH Beowulf F- and F- uh, Flake. Uh, it's called Mi Gusta, the Voxel Impact Groove Remix. Ooh. So that's a lot of words. It is a lot of words. Uh, then we went on like a whole mix of... Um, I think there was a mix of like 99 to 2001 uh, techno. Oh, um, yeah. We also listened to uh, Mr. B the Gentleman Rhymer doing songs for Acid Edward because I knew you hadn't seen the video for it. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff in there I recognised. <laughs> yeah, there's some good tracks in there. Um, we listened to Caddock, The Night Train. Yeah. Uh, Boom Funk MC, The Freestyler. Straight from, from the top of my dome. Straight from the top of my dome. Uh, DJ Quicksilver, Bellissima. Uh, Technotronic, pump up the jam. Pump up the jam. Pump it up. De Groovy. Delight, Groovy's in the heart. De Groovy. De Gorgeous. Delight, delight, delight. Groovy's in the heart. Groovy's in the heart. We also listened to uh, Inner City, Good Life. Let me take you to a place I know it's a good life. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. it was It was a, it was a night of music. Night. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I passed out about half three. Yeah. You were still I, going to seven. Yeah, I was... I didn't really sleep. <laughs> Teehee. Teehee. Had a great time. I'm glad. Feel very refreshed. Very refreshed. You need that. You need that holiday, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got to one day to the end of the holiday and immediately started being like, "But you could have been productive in that time." Oh fuck off! I needed a holiday. Yeah, yeah. But you could have been productive. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you, you will create better things for having had time not trying to do things. <laughs> Brain's sad now. <sighs> so, is that everything we'd listen? I think to? that's everything we listen to. Well then, time for this. Time for this. Right, right, everyone, everyone. I've called this press conference. I hope you're all uh, ready and here to take notes. Um, so I'm here to announce today that we are going into lockdown. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yes, what? over there. Yeah, were we not already in lockdown? Uh, no, this is uh different. How different? Well, see, previously we were in a series of tiered, um, I I suppose we were calling them lockdowns, but they were a series of tiered restrictions by area of escalating value. They were uh, different restrictions added over time that meant you should probably stay home. This is a lockdown. It is one thing and you stay home. But we're all at this press conference. Yes, but that's important because people get to point cameras at me and see how important I am and that I'm doing a good job. So that's an essential... You're an essential worker. Oh, bloody hell. What's different about this than the previous uh, tiered Um, restrictions? Well, you see, you know, previously tier one basically meant nothing. Tier two basically meant nothing. Tier three meant that you weren't supposed to leave the city. You were supposed to stay where you were. Didn't really enforce it. But um, just picture this as tier 11. This is... This is... Uh, basically the same as your previous tiered system, except Greg's and McDonald's are shut now. So, so I've got a question. Uh, yes, over there. Right, uh, have we decided yet? Uh, are the schools closing? Well, 
yesterday, the day before the schools open, we did decide that the schools were going to open. Yeah, I have. Well, I was wondering about that. I have today changed my mind. They're not going to be open. So the schools are staying closed now. Yes, they're closing back up. I'm pretty sure because we only opened for a day, the germs won't have had time to find the children. Children are small, germs are even smaller. They won't have had time to find each other yet. So what, like a statistical thing of like amount of thing to thing? Statistical, that sounds good. Yes, that. This is definitely different. Definitely different to what we've been doing before. Before was called lockdown, but this is actual, this is lockdown. Thank you. Right then. See, now that uh, Brexit's uh, gone through, that's all dealt with, all Sunday uplands and, and, and all that good stuff. And now the, the supermarket shelves might have noticed they've got a bit more, bit more space to spread out now that there's, they're not being cramped in by all that, uh, that European stuff. Might notice that, uh, you know, got to make, got to make some changes from your usual food stuffs. You know, got to stick with what's, uh, what's, what's available in it. So uh, here I am with, with some alternatives instead of tomatoes, Spanish in it. Uh, why not uh, try a nice potato? They even rhyme, potatoes, tomatoes. See, and and that's better than that whole song about the old American pronunciation thing, isn't it? Instead of lettuce, why not try? Shredded potato, cause like you know, it's uh, it's, it's it's thin like the lettuce, and it's it's way more filling than that than 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 a lettuce. But also, when you cut into a potato, it's kind of watery like a lettuce. So it's the same thing, isn't it? Lastly, instead of a Tory government, why not try unionising, rally together as one voice and destroy capitalism, or a potato? Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Uh, not bad, mate. Uh, happy New Year. Oh, happy New Year to you too. Did you have a nice uh, night in? Yeah, nice night in. Yeah, yeah. I uh, sat around, played some ball games. Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, you been up so much? Oh, you know, you know, getting annoyed at the BBC. I mean, I've I've not watched it in years. Oh, what I don't do watch now? I don't watch them either. But I'm just conceptually aware of them, and they annoy me. Yeah, yeah. I'll oh, try to block them out, I suppose. Yeah. At this point. I was thinking about their uh, their eternal uh, both sidesism, the oh, uh, yeah. the impartiality uh, yeah, that they preach. That, uh, that's not impartiality. No, it is not. So uh, you got me thinking. The idea that uh, that you have to hear both sides of a debate to have you know to have properly thought through the debate. No, not all viewpoints deserve to be aired. You know, uh, well, I mean, it's not like you'd, you'd, you'd get like some doctor talking about some new life-saving treatment on and then to counter it for the sake of balance, you'd have some kind of genocidal murderer. Well, exactly. You know, it'd be silly to every time you uh, have a nature documentary that talks about the earth being spherical, you know, just for balance, here's someone on the documentary who believes the world is flat, you know, just so they can get their say. Well, exactly, you know, if, if in, the, in the interest of balance... Yeah, you've know, you got to share all viewpoints. If, that, if if someone sincerely believes a different viewpoint, you've got to share it. Yeah, regardless of how much of a ridiculous quack or massive bigot they happen to be. Exactly. And that, you know, there's a reason that when, you know, we're, you know... Uh, reporting on minority groups, you should not be getting on hate groups for balance, for example. Yeah. You know, there, there, there is not always two correct sides to an argument. 
Yeah, sorry, I've just got slightly locked in my head the concept of hate groups for balance. <laughs> oh no. No, I, I don't I Don't, don't tempt fate. I don't want to see that as some kind of action group. Oh no, but you, you get what I mean. Like, yes. this, this idea that you've got to have both sides for balance, it, both sidesism is ridiculous because often there is a correct side and a hateful or incorrect conspiracy side. Or there is just a group of people and a bunch of horrible bigots. Exactly, exactly. And the, the sooner we as a species get over this idea that, oh, oh you can't hear both sides, oh, you can't give a platform to both sides, the better off we're going to be as a species. Yeah, yeah. Uh, virtual luck. Virtual luck. Well, I, I was hoping that sometime <laughs> soon we'd be we'd be getting to these, but uh, might be a little bit longer. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, good night, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for a lie down. Oh, you have a good lie down. Sleep well, mate. Oh, you too. So, Laura, me. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. If you can donate as little as a dollar or a euro or a pound a month, that lets me keep doing this full time. Um, LauraKBuzz.com, everything gets posted there. I Twitch stream Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. There's books. Uncomfortable labels. That's about being an autistic trans woman. There's... Uh, things I Learned from Mario's Butt that comes out on February 4th, 2021. That's about video game character butts. It's got a bunch of pictures in it. There's Gender Euphoria, which is coming out on June 10th, 2021. It's just about non-cis people's positive gender-affirming stories and experiences. It's just a nice positive book. Okay. And I'm already working on the book that's going to come after that. Books, books, books. It's, it's in a tab on that screen over there somewhere. It's... Oh, that one, heck. that tab, that oh, one. They like my first draft. It's probably happening. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's also accessibility, which is a show that goes up on YouTube every Friday, I where we talk about disability accessibility in the games industry. And you, Jane, you edit that. Mm. This week's one is a 2020 recap. We go through fucking everything accessibility-wise in 2020. Cuts, 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 cuts. Yeah, it's a lot of just like, go, go, go. Sentence for this, sentence for this, go, go, go. So much it's, it's a good primer if you want to be like, what happened last year? Yeah. This previously just, on yeah, accessibility. Previously on accessibility in the games industry. <laughs> um, so that's a thing. And then there's podcasts. There's Podquisition. We tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Uh, there's Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven, and very soon season eight. Um, there's already some art of the NPCs that has been commissioned. So, someone who does lots of dice funk art got to know about what the NPCs were going to be early so I they could draw them. I that that might be the case, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So there's art of, of the NPCs, which is cool. That's coming soon. And then there's another podcast I'm on with you that isn't this one. Yeah, that's Polyarmory. Yeah, tell it's me about that. It's a fifth edition real play podcast with questionable morals. And I'm an idiot and I forgot to put it up on... On Saturday. Oops. I, I I edited it. I made a video for it. And then I apparently just left it on my desktop and walked away for the holiday. We've all done that sometimes. <laughs> so that'll probably go up um, Saturday now. And, and we'll restart the timer. 
on on when that show goes up. It's um yeah, it's a fun little romp through the Underdark and then later Overground, and 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 Laura is sort of becoming a dab wizard, and we have we have adorable friends, and and for anyone who watched or listened to season one, Trash Boys back, so enjoy that, and yeah, that's that that is a fun show that we do. Uh, I also have a Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash radio For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 69-hour nice work week. I mean, uh, mm. <laughs> nice is relative to the 69. Um, I also design t-shirts. Those are available on my Redbubble. I make music under the name Bedroom Programmer on SoundCloud. Um, I do other things, too. Uh, there's this podcast. There is uh, Polyarmory. Uh, we have skittisodes for this show, so if you like just the skits and you want to hear all the stuff from the beginning, all the skittisodes are slowly going up from episode one. I think we're like 27 episodes into those now, so you can enjoy classic goofs from us <laughs> without all the other talking about stuff that's probably irrelevant by now. I think that's most of me, but I stream on Thursdays on Twitch, twitch.tv slash janiac. All of my links can be found at streamerlinks.com slash janiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Laura, will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger.